The 700 Tapes podcast is meant for entertainment purposes only. We do not own the rights to any clips used on this program. This podcast will contain foul language and crude subject matter. If you're easily offended, please stop listening now. In 2019, Jasperino purchased 700 VHS tapes at a yard sale for $35. He promptly moved them to a safe house deep in the outlands of the Arizona desert. If you're into nostalgia and you like VHS, and if you can find him, maybe you can listen to the 700 Tapes Podcast. consume human blood. There is a real live community that exists not only within the states, but also throughout the world. According to Henry, he and his kind do not prey on the innocent. Now these days we don't go ripping people's throats out or anything like that. Um, We're quite mature with what we do. We keep things within doors. We don't go out searching for victims or anything like that. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Eric Northman. I'm a tax-paying American and small business owner in the great state of Louisiana. I also happen to be a vampire. Now, in the past year, there's been a lot of inflammatory talk from politicians warning their constituents not to trust vampires. But think about it for a second. Who would you rather trust? A vampire or a politician? The truth is vampires are as different from each other as humans are because we were humans. And we ask only to be treated as such. We welcome you into our world as well. We're always more than happy to serve humans here at Fantasia. And I don't mean for dinner. What did I tell you? What did I say to you? I said, buy the roadmap and leave. What the fuck am I supposed to do, Seth? He's a very nice shit. Seth, I'm telling you, the way he looked at us, you especially, I knew he knew. Low profile. Let's get into the word low profile. Hey, Richie, how's your hand? It hurts like a fucking son of a bitch, Seth. Let me tell you what the is not. It is not taking those hostages. It is not shooting police. It is not setting fire to a building. What's up, freaks and weirdos? It's that time again. Jasperino here with 700 Tapes Podcast. Joined, as always, by the man, the myth, the legacy, Mr. Roman Alvarado. Woo, 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 woo. 
How you doing today, sir? Couldn't complain if I fucking wanted to. Dude, I'm excited. Hell yes. We are here once again, coming to you from the outlands of the Arizona desert, live like a goddamn suicide. Woo! Taking you with us on a journey back to the days of video cassette tapes, trips to the blockbuster or the video rental store of your choice on a Friday night to carouse through the titles, look at the covers, and take that piece of gold home with you. Back to the days of late fees, be kind, rewind stickers, (laughs) and all of the joys that came with those things. Today we are covering from 1996, the Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez classic, From Dusk Till Dawn. So that is the intro playing in the background. I am a huge fan of this soundtrack. I bought it almost immediately after seeing the movie and listened to it over and over and over again. I would tell you when my... uh, Okay, so two things about this movie. The soundtrack, that beginning, that opening, when my uh, kids were finally old enough that I would let them watch this, for some reason that opening music like scared the living crap out of my daughter. Really? That whole hot air hangs like a dead man. (laughs) Dude, scared the crap out of her. And uh, I don't know if you've ever listened to that entire song. Mm -mm. It's a dark song. It's all about um, pretty much a black man moved into town, Mm -hmm. fell in love with a white woman. They went off to be by themselves and he got lynched. I kind of figured like that is what that whole song is about. I kind of figured anytime I hear, you know, hung like a dead man or something from a, like that. From a white oak tree. That's white, yeah. the whole thing is just, yeah, the the metaphors and stuff in it. Yeah, it's uh, the whole chorus is like, I thought these things didn't happen anymore. I thought all that blood had been spilled long ago. Dark night. Yeah, it's a dark song. It really is. But this soundtrack, we'll talk about it a little more later. Uh, it's pretty amazing from start to finish. I, like I said, I used to work, uh, overnights and this was one of my staples that I listened to all the time. Cause it has such a dark melodic kind of feel to it. It totally fits an overnight shift. Right. For and, sure. Anyway. Um, so that's our show today. We hope you guys are as excited as we are. I have easily seen this movie at least 100, 150 times. This used to be my go-to. This and John Carpenter's Vampires, mm-hmm. Pulp Fiction, mm-hmm. Fight Club. I have a list of movies that if I want to put something in because I'm doing laundry or I'm cleaning or I just need something going in the background, this was one of my number ones. I saw this in the theater when it came out, and my mind was blown. Uh, we were talking right before we went on that this is a lot like Predator, mm-hmm. where it starts out as one movie, and halfway through you're like, Oh shit, it is a vampire movie. Like you get halfway through Predator and you're like, Oh shit, it is an alien yeah, predator like alien. hunter kind of what movie. What the fuck? Where'd yeah. these guys come from? Exactly. Cause this whole thing <laughs> plays out the beginning of it. It could just be a Tarantino movie. Yep. It's definitely. you know what I mean? And uh but we are the seven hundred tapes podcast. You can find us on various places around the interwebs, on your web browser, on your home computer, on your tablet on your phone on your various devices we are now on soundcloud stitcher Castbox. we are also on spotify and now we are on itunes because i don't know if you guys knew this or not but 
we're kind of a big deal. Yeah, for sure. So, um, what's been going on with you this week? You uh, check anything out? Uh, you're not quarantined like the everybody. I'm not quarantined either. So, hell no. I see everybody watching uh, Tiger Beat or whatever the hell that show. What's it called? Uh, the tiger. Oh, oh, the, the thing on uh, the tiger on, guy. Yeah, no. Tiger Beat was a teen magazine in the '90s that ages me a little bit. <laughs> it had like Paula Abdul and New Kids on the Block in it all the time. Wow. Yeah, I don't know if anybody remembers Tiger Beat. Wow. You're old. But what's that show called? Tiger. Uh, it's it's Big Cats or Big Tigers or Big something like Tiger that. Tiger Eye or I don't know. On but, uh, fucking Netflix. Right? Yep. It seems to be all the rage right now. Uh, I have been meaning to watch it, but uh, unlike some of you, I have to go to work. Yeah. So my job, yeah. I saw a meme on Facebook where it was like, everybody else says, stay in your house, be safe, don't go out. And my job's like, "Uh, just keep washing your hands, you'll be fine. We'll see you at 5 a.m. sharp. That's totally my job. So (laughs) shout out. I'm actually, I'm kind of happy about it. But goddamn, it would be nice to just watch TV for 14 days. I wouldn't like it on payday, but. No, hell no. Hell I guess, no. uh, I don't know. Nah, I'm not even going to talk about government stimuli and, and money and whatever. <laughs> I don't even understand what's going on. I figure if I get a check, that's cool. Right. If I don't, that's cool, too. Right. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of in limbo with that. We don't like to politic here on the 700 Tapes podcast, so right. we won't delve too far into that. But one thing I did watch, did you did you get to watch anything this week? Um, Let's see. What what have I watched this week? Um, 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 um. So, I can't say it was this week, but uh, either last week or the week before last, I watched, uh, uh, I think it's called Inmate 99 or Cell Block 99. Oh, what's that on? Uh, it was, we we just pulled it up, but it's Vince oh. Vaughn. Oh, shit. Right? So, when you think of Vince Vaughn, you think of Wedding Crashers. Swingers. Shit like that, right? Yep. Yo. You're so money, you don't even know it. He's fucking, uh, <laughs> he's a drug dealer. Uh-huh. And shit goes south. So, of course, like it always does. Right. So uh, he ends up going to jail. And from jail, he goes into like cell block 99. Oh. Which is like off the grid, under the jail type shit. Oh, like, shit. He yeah. pissed somebody off. Yeah. Shit got, shit got bad. Like, it's it's a, it's definitely a, a, a low budget movie. Yeah. But. Uh, Worth a watch, though? The BBG. Yeah? You know, BBG, for sure. There's really? No, I didn't see any boobs. Oh, so it's just a BG. The, yeah, but I couldn't. You can't just say BG. You know, people right, bubble right, guts. You right, know, bubble guts. Like I got that. the bubble guts. <laughs> so that was a pretty badass movie. I'm like, it's cool. just off of just the the blood and guts. Cellblock 99 yeah. is that what it's called. Check it's, that out. It's something something like that. But uh, Vince Vaughn looks like a big ass uh, skinhead. And he's Dang. Not, yeah, kind of like Ed Norton in American History yeah, X. Almost like you know, it almost gives you those vibes a little bit. But Damn. he's not, he's not, you know, racist or anything like that. All right. But badass movie from what I see. It's so hard for me to imagine Vince Vaughn that as a was badass. The, that's the thing, though. Like you, you look, you're like again, you 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 think of all his previous work. Yeah. I, cause I think the movie was done in like 2013 or something. Wow. Like that. And uh, a hidden gem. Right. I like definitely. finding those every now and then. Like, you're definitely going to like the blood and guts. If you watch it, you're going to be like, oh, nice. shit. Oh, shit. Crazy. <laughs> and you, good, what, what did you watch this week? It's a good prison movie every now and then. Right. I actually finally caught that I've been wanting to watch for weeks. I finally caught The Irishman. Oh, nice. Have you seen that? I haven't, but oh, I heard, I've heard good things about it. Also on besides Netflix. The, besides the ending. I heard the ending was a little eh. 
Well, here's the thing that it's based on a true story. Oh, so it has. So to be the right. ending, yeah, the ending's not it's always true, bitch. like yeah, the ending's not always cliffhanger. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm not giving anything away because he starts out as an old man in an old folks home, and that's how he ends. That's how the movie ends. He's an old man in an old folks home. All right, but um, I don't. I don't want to say more than that because um, I don't want to give too much of it away. But it is uh, based on a true story, and I know who he was, and I know what happened. But it's pretty much, uh, dude. If you've ever watched a gangster movie in the last 20 or 30 years, anybody that was in those movies is in this movie. Yes. Dude, Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, Joe Pesci, yep. Harvey Keitel. Yep. Dude, the movie is jam-packed. And um, I think all they were missing was Leota, huh? Yeah. Ray, <laughs> I kept looking for Ray Leota too, and I never saw I just wanted him to come through and be like, all my life, all I ever wanted to be was a gangster. Was a gangster. Right? But yeah, it's uh, yeah, De Niro. Anything with De Niro in it, man. That's the guy's good, right? And yeah, he always looks pissed off. I love it, right? Joe Pesci, amazing, amazing. And it's cool because the movie goes through their life, so it's kind of going to present, to flashback, to a flashback, within the flashback. So nice. you're seeing him as like super old men that can hardly walk, uh-huh. all the way back to when they were younger and beating the shit out of people, and when he was a mob boss and all. Yeah, and then uh, it's all about um. John Gotti. Really? Yeah, and you don't realize that till about almost an hour into the movie. You're like, oh, shit, this is the John Gotti story. Holy crap. Wow. So, yeah, Lottie Dottie. Oh. We shit. likes to party. We like to party. Right? So, uh, yeah, it was a good movie. If you have not seen it, you've got three hours to spare because it's about, Sheesh. it's like three hours and 20 minutes, but it is a, it's good. It's absolutely worth the watch. I actually had to watch it in two blocks because I don't have that kind of time. Right, but uh, so we <laughs> we hours. watched it as kind of like two movies, two ninety minute movies almost, you know. But uh, yeah, good, good stuff. I enjoyed it thoroughly. It was really good. But that being said, mm-hmm. um, in the interest of trying to keep it under two thirty this time, that's my goal. I'll <laughs> oh, see how we do. It. So yeah. here's the cool thing: our first podcast was two hours and thirty nine minutes. Gotcha. Our second podcast, two hours and 37 minutes. Wow. So I'm torn right now between making it shorter uh-huh. or trying to hit that 230-ish mark every single time to see how close we can get. Right. I guess we'll see what happens. And the crazy thing is, so first time, you know, our first podcast seemed like it was really, 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 really long. You know? Right. And then doing the second episode. It seemed like it went by, you know, like a breeze. Yeah. I remember at the end uh, when we turned the mics off, I went, yeah, it was 2.30. You're like, it didn't even seem like that. No. And I said, yeah, that's crazy. And then um, today I did some rearranging in the podcast studio because uh, we almost lost Roman last week. (laughs) I have have a lot of, uh, depending on who you talk to, what it's called. I call them collectibles. Right, right, right. Um. Some people would call them action figures. Right. Most people would call them toys. Right. Um, I call them collectibles because uh-huh. uh, children play with toys. I'm a man, God damn it. Damn right. I got collectibles. Anyway, I have a uh, a glass shelf, and uh, the first tier of that shelf is the Justice League. The second tier is the X-Men. The third tier has the Fantastic Four and some other uh, assorted figures that I could fit on there. And then at the bottom, I got some oversized figures and some Voltron stuff. And then on the top, I got a, 
a mannequin with a Hulk head on it that I used to use when I sold T-shirts. That draws a lot of people to your T-shirt table. What? When you got that mannequin with the Hulk head wearing one of your shirts, yeah, people come over to just check that out. Nice. But uh, Roman was getting up last week, take his headphones off, and he stumbled backwards, tried to put his shoe on. I don't know what happened. And fucking he the was, Hulk almost got me. He almost was, got hulked. He was trying to set his <laughs> shoe on fire. I don't know what happened there. But. Look, the, I was trying to blow up an airplane. Right. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> I know. I knew and uh, I he knew fell it. into that shelf, and everything fell off. It fell over. The Hulk came crashing down. I was like, oh, my God. So I said, okay. Uh, I had been thinking about moving stuff around a little bit because it, it does start to look a little cluttered if you don't organize i am not a hoarder no no mummified cats under newspapers here no but um everything is everything is is you know set where it needs to be set right um in in almost alphabetical order (laughs) i don't know if i go that far eventually it will be alphabetical but it's definitely categorized um it it looks good i took that i took that as a sign from the universe for uh, that it was time for me to to rearrange a little bit so i did a little rearrange today hung some stuff up it was i i found that when i moved and and row kind of rolled her eyes at me at this i was like i found when i moved the shelf i had room to put more stuff on it she's like oh no <laughs> yeah like really so then she's really like, i'm happy that you're happy with your toys and i'm like they're not toys they're actual figures. <laughs> They're figurines. I'm a man. A man. A man's man. <laughs> anyway, so if you remember last week, uh-huh. I gave you a quiz. Quiz. Did you have fun with that? Hell yeah. That's good because I revamped it. I got another one for you. Uh, hey, wait, wait, wait. Revamped? Was that? Uh, ah, I pun see intended. What you did there. <laughs> it wasn't, but it is now. Booyah. I think you're going to enjoy this. So here's what I did. All right. All right. This movie was written by Quentin Tarantino. Right. So I have five questions here with uh, four movie lines each. Okay. Three of which are from Quentin Tarantino movies. Okay. One is not. Okay. Your job is to tell me which, was, which, which is one which. is not okay. from a Quentin Tarantino movie. Okay. I, so I think I are could. you ready to do this? Yeah. Because um, I even revamped the... Uh, the uh, the intro for you. Oh hell yeah! Are you ready? Hell yeah! Here we I'm go. Ready. I'm ready. <laughs> this is the little game we like to call Stump Roman. Yeah. Yo, that's funny as shit. <laughs> You have no choice but to be horrified either way. <laughs> there it is. Hell yeah. That so, was badass. Here we go. Right. We got a little bit of the Spanish flea there. Right? So game showy. It look look, it is definitely I mean, like, Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Jasperino here. I'm here with Roman Alvarado, <laughs> our next contestant. He's ready to take a stab at the contest where he can win two tickets to Foreigner playing this Saturday at the Coliseum. Woo! Social distancing. All right, so here we go. All right. All right. Number one, I'm going to read you A, B, C, and D. Let me read them all the way through. All right. And then you tell me which one is not from a Tarantino movie. All right. All right. A, I may be dumb, but I ain't no dumbass. B, you shoot me in a dream, you better wake up and apologize. C, what we've got here is a failure to communicate. D, D-J-A-N-G-O. The D is silent. 
All right. Which one of those is not from a Quentin Tarantino movie? Hmm. So, uh, clearly, uh, like, just right off the bat, the first one that jumps out to me, which is Tarantino, mm-hmm. you know, um, C. C? You think yeah. it's C? No, 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 no. What? No, 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 no. Oh. I'm... I'm I'm going process of... Oh, I see, I see, I see. Okay. So that, the first one, you know, out of the four that jumps right out is C. Because uh-huh. if I'm not mistaken, that's Sam Jack saying we have um, communication issues. Uh-huh. So that was the first one. So I'm like, hmm, it might be the different one. But I'm going to go B. B? B. You shoot me in a dream, you better wake up and apologize. Yeah. That is actually Harvey Keitel from Reservoir Dogs. Damn. So that is not... Okay. Okay. You want the correct answer or you want another stab at it? All right, just give me the correct answer. The correct answer is C. What we've got here is failure to communicate. Right. That is actually from Cool Hand Luke. Oh, man. A is from Jackie Brown. Okay. It's Samuel L. Jackson. Again, uh-huh. I may be dumb, but I ain't no dumbass. Right. All right. And then um, D, of course, was from Django Unchained. Right. The D is silent. All right. Okay. Let's go. Number two. Number two. Let's see what I got. A. Are you going to bark all day, little doggy? Are you going to bite? B. Take a big step back and literally fuck your own face. C. I got six little friends and they can all run faster than you can. And D. If I have to tell you to shut up one more time, I'm going to shut you up. Gotcha. So... First one right off the bat, Six Little Friends. That's from this this very movie that, that we indeed, are doing. From Dust Till Dawn, yep. Yes, because uh, in the movie he's talking to the lady. He's like, look, it, he yep. says uh, rule number one, rule number two, yep. and rule number three. Said, don't you ever fucking don't run. Don't you ever fucking run. Right. If you run, I got six little friends that can run faster than yep. you. <laughs> so that is that that technically falls under you know the 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 rules of this uh game true so because uh you know tarantino is definitely a part of this movie right acts in it so that one's off the list okay all right um, i'm gonna go with a a oh man a is also from reservoir dogs damn see i've look we had the conversation just so you guys know i know you guys are probably booing in the background like boo this guy sucks i've never <laughs> seen the movie all the way through and i've seen bits and pieces of it so mr blonde I'm about to say I, which I, is I can, michael madsen actually says that to harvey Keitel. are you gonna bark all day little doggy are you gonna bite i'm like i could i could possibly name their colors but that's about right. it <laughs> all right so the answer is b Take a big step back and literally fuck your own face. That sounds like something George Clooney would say right. in this movie. Do you know what movie that's from? You're going to laugh because you're, you're going to remember when I tell you. All right, you got to tell me. It's from Tropic Thunder. Oh, Tom oh, Cruise. It, yep. Dude, okay, so to- Tropic Thunder, I got to say this real quick. Tom Cruise stole that movie. And look, he's in the movie. Tom Cruise for, and Robert Downey Jr. stole that he's movie. He's in the movie for all of, you know, probably all the way together, five minutes. Yeah, and he's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Yes. All right. Number three. A, I'm the guy who does his job. You must be the other guy. B, does he look like a bitch? C, I haven't killed anybody since 1984. D, you ain't my friend, Palooka. I'm going to go with C. 
Uh, C is from True Romance. Uh, Dude, I, I I've, th- only, I've only seen True Romance oh, once. Okay. Um, Christopher Walken says that after he kills uh, 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 Dennis Hopper. Gotcha. I haven't killed anybody since 1984 after Dennis Hopper does that whole uh, Sicilian speech about <laughs> why they have dark hair and dark eyes. So uh, the answer to that one was A. I'm the guy who does his job. You must be the other guy. That is from um, Mark Wahlberg says that in... Oh shit! The movie is slipping away from me now. Oh, the big damn. movie with uh, the Italian job. No, it was uh, Leo DiCaprio oh, and Mark uh, Wahlberg. Departed. The Departed. Yep. The Departed. When you said when you said something about the Irishman, that's the first thing I thought of because uh, that cast. Yeah. Yep. There's so many fucking people in that. You know cast. my favorite part when The Departed was Which the one? very end where Mark Wahlberg put the shit on his shoes and like covered himself and just blew that guy away it's like yeah take that bitch bitch and of course does he look like a bitch that's pulp fiction of course and then uh you ain't my friend palooka john travolta says that to right. bruce willis in the bar in pulp fiction also that's why i knew those are both you know both very pulpy so yep. i was like ah cool especially right. with you putting the name in there it's like, right all right all right so number four and welcome to number four welcome to number four a i'm afraid you're gonna have to start getting scared immediately b i shot marvin in the face c 60 percent of the time it works every time and d all right ramblers let's get rambling i'm gonna go d d is from this movie Oh, were you fucking with me? Yes. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, if in all and extra points, if you also knew, he also uses that line in Reservoir. They also use that line in Reservoir Dogs. Nice. Uh, I'm gonna go C. C is correct. Ding yes. ding 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 ding. Ding 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 ding. Do you ding, know what movie ding, it's ding, from? Sixty percent of the time, it works every time. They were talking about uh, the Sex Panther. Cologne. I don't know. Uh, it's Anchorman. Ah. They're talking about Sex Panther. 60% of the time, it works every time. And then they open the bottle, and the chick's like, it smells like Bigfoot's dick. <laughs> I don't <laughs> love that movie. That is my favorite hands-down Will Ferrell movie. Um, if I'm going to go with one, uh, that is my favorite Will Ferrell. Most people are going to say Elf. Fuck no. No. I'm going Frank the Tank. Frank? Frank the Tank. He's a, uh, it's a uh, underclassman. Oh, no. Um, um, uh, the college one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, fuck. <laughs> and I just had, I almost said Van, Van Wilder, but it's not that. No, no, no. It's, it's uh, um, the one with Vince Vaughn and. Yeah, and they fuck. have the, the bricks tied around their dicks and yes. throw them off the side. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Damn, what is that one called? Uh, there's people screaming it at, the, right, at their computer right now. Mine, you know, it's uh, Anchorman followed closely by Step Brothers. Oh yeah, did we did we just become friends? Did we just become best friends. Yep. My my favorite parts at the end. We both got Chewbacca mask. I'm okay. The mine's not movie quality. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last question number last five. Question. Man, I thought you. I, mean, I didn't. I, yeah, I I forgot that you hadn't seen a couple of these movies. So it's, my bad. No, I've seen them. I just haven't. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I'm the type of person I like to like methodically watch a movie. Yeah. And um. And you're, you know, you're probably gonna hate me for this. You know? Uh oh. Um, yeah, yeah, you might want to have to set that down. Um, so <laughs> watching Reservoir Dogs, I was like, seeing Pulp Fiction first. Ah. Uh. That you know, I, and I have to put that out there. I'm like, yeah, 
Pulp Fiction can make Reservoir Dogs look a little slow. Yes, and that's to be honest, that's exactly what it, you know but what the, it does. But the cool thing about Reservoir Dogs is the dialogue. The that is so Tarantino dialogue in, right. the, in that movie. It's so awesome. Um, and I had the uh, I've got the cool uh, DVD special edition of Reservoir Dogs. That's it's a gas can. It's old school. That's the movie. I had the old fucking, school. I had to Google got it. Because he's in it for all of you know. He's not in it long. Right. But that's, he, that's my favorite. Well, so I've never character. seen that movie all the way through. Gotcha. So I guess we're even on that one. Sweet. All right. Number five. This is the final question. Final question. Oh, by the way, A was from uh, Death Proof. Gotcha. That was Kurt Russell. I'm afraid you're going to have to start getting scared immediately. He's got Rose McGowan in his car. Gotcha. He's going to crash and kill her. Uh, and then, of course, I shot Marvin in the face. That's from Pulp Fiction. Right. And then, all right, Ramblers, let's get rambling. Is from, from Dust Till Dawn and also Reservoir Dogs. It's gotcha. used both times. All right, number five, A, silly Caucasian girls like silly Caucasian girl likes to play with samurai swords. B, some motherfuckers are always trying to. Do we got to we go? We, we got to go through all of them? Yeah. Okay, cool. What? Oh. I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm stumbling a little bit. <laughs> Some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate uphill. C. He must have thought it was white boy day. It ain't white boy day, is it? And <laughs> D. Mr. Brown, that's a little too close to Mr. Shit. So, Mr. Brown is definitely Reservoir Dogs. Yep, it is. Like, that is, you know, easy. That was Quentin Tarantino's line. Yes. Um, white girl, katana sword, mm-hmm. samurai sword. Yep. Kill Bill. Yep, it absolutely Lucy Lou. Yep. Um, so we are down to B and B, C. Some motherfuckers always trying to ice skate uphill uh-huh. and C. He must have thought it was White Boy Day. It ain't White Boy Day, is it? So we're gonna go with C. You think C is the answer? I think it is. C is actually from True Romance. Oh, yeah. so uh, skating uphill is from what? You're gonna love this, right? Some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate uphill. Wesley Snipes said that in Blade. Uh, that, oh, he definitely yeah, did. Yep, yep. He definitely did. <laughs> Is he talking to Deacon Frost? Yeah, in that when he moment? kills, that's when he kills Deacon Frost. Yep. Because oh shit. Yeah. Damn. Because I I knew I knew the line. I knew it. So here's the thing. Have you seen True Romance? Yes. So that is. So you know, Gary Oldman plays a yep. black guy in that movie. He plays Rasta guy in that movie. Uh, with the dreads. What's yeah. his name? I don't uh, remember his name, but but he's to be honest, him. he's my favorite character in the movie. Gary Oldman is my favorite character in any movie he's in. <laughs> but yeah, that's he was even like, even Fifth Element. He must have thought it was White Boy Day. Even, even White Boy Day is it? Even Fifth Element? Oh uh, no, not Fifth Element. Look, that movie was badass. You got to go with Chris Tucker in, uh, in uh, Fifth uh, Element. Right. He stole that whole movie for sure. So I was one out of five. Right. Terrible. Wah, it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> this is my problem is I'm such a what's the word? Stickler? No. Um douche. Um, oh my god. Uh, <laughs> no, please 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 continue. <laughs> <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> Prick. <laughs> Bastard. You're like, no. I don't know. Um cinephile is the word I was looking gotcha. for. Okay. Um I think I'm making it easy, but I'm not. And right. I'm like, oh, shit. But the cool thing is I tested this quiz on row. Okay. And she got four right out nice. of five. And she was like, when I was like, can I test this quiz on you? And she was like, I'm probably going to get them all wrong. I'm like, well, here. And I read it. And yeah, I was like, whoa. Nice. I'm so turned on right now. You're like, oh, <laughs> shit. Right? <Yeah>. So <laughs> let's go ahead and we're going to jump in here. I'm trying to grab the video cassette. As I am doing this, and and just so you know, you guys are uh, aware, you know, aware 
My name's Roman. His girlfriend is named Ro. Ro. Oh, yeah. I guess I should point that so, out. So, at any time you hear Ro, he's talking about his girlfriend. Her name is actually Rowena. We Ro- call her Ro. Rowena. Ro. Mm-hmm. She makes the dough. For sure. You get out the dough. <laughs> Don't come back no more. No more. <laughs> but now, it's time for a little thing we call... The, the Tale of the Tape. So this is in which I read the back of the VHS tape. An action extravaganza. Roger Ebert, Chicago Sun-Times. It's nonstop thrills when George Clooney, Batman and Robin, TV's ER, and Quentin Tarantino, Pulp Fiction, star as the Gecko Brothers, two dangerous outlaws on a wild crime spree after kidnapping a father, Harvey Keitel, Pulp Fiction, and his two kids, including Juliette Lewis, Natural Born Killers. The Geckos head south to a seedy Mexican bar to hide out in safety, but when they face the bar's truly notorious clientele, they're forced to team up with their hostages in order to make it out alive. From Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino, creators of Desperado and Pulp Fiction, from Dust Till Dawn is explosive action entertainment, plus exclusive never-before-seen interviews with hot star Clooney and filmmakers Tarantino and Rodriguez. Hip, funny, and smart, CBS TV. Damn, hot star Clooney. Damn. Yeah, they've they've said he's you know he's been sexy you know like his whole life. So <laughs> I was a little disappointed. They talk about plus exclusive never before seen interviews. Uh huh. It was like a five minute vignette at the end, like where they just quickly talked to a couple of them, and it didn't really go much. I was like, oh man, there's all kinds of extra stuff. We're spoiled. You were thinking director's cut type shit. Well, that's the thing. We're spoiled by special features and DVDs and. You guys got to remember, like, back in the day, there were no special features. You nope. you got previews on the VHS, but right. now we got Blu-rays with full documentaries at the end and deleted scenes and right. blooper alternate reels, endings alternate endings, blooper reels, all that extra shit. We're used to that. Commentary. You can watch right. the movie with commentary, you right. know. And don't get me wrong. I love that stuff. Yeah. The Planet of the Ape Blu-rays. Uh-huh. The shit on those, like they have a making of the movies on every single one of those, and they're amazing. We're talking, so, we talking the Wahlberg? N- no, we are going to cover <laughs> that movie though because I have it on VHS. The that one's going to be fun. <laughs> no, I'm talking the Rise of the Planet of the Apes, right. Conquest, or whatever it was called. The three Planet of the Apes movies, the, the recent ones, right, right, right. The really cool ones. Um, no, yeah. And then, and then they actually do the flip thing where he's like, get your hands off me, you dirty human. Oh, shit. <laughs> but yeah, um, you know, you can watch like the making of and everything. Actually, the From Dust Till Dawn DVD uh-huh. that I used to have, I don't have it anymore. I had a box set um, because a lot of people don't know there were, there were there was a prequel and a sequel to this, or two prequels to this movie. Two prequels? Two prequels. From Dust Till Dawn 2, Texas Blood Money, and From Dust Till Dawn 3, The Hangman's Daughter. And they're prequels? They're prequels. Well, they have to be because at the end of the movie, they blow up the titty twister. Right. But- um, I about to say, I saw, I, I remember seeing a portion of part two because yeah. they're, 
I remember they robbed the bank and then they're like in the jail cell. Part two is pretty horrible because yeah. after they become vampires, they still try to go through with the bank robbery and you're like, why? But anyway, yeah. So, I know T-1000's in it. Yeah, Robert Patrick's in it, which is funny <laughs> because there's also from Dust Till Dawn series right, on Netflix, right. which is amazing. I really? Haven't, I haven't watched the third season yet, but it's three seasons. I've watched the first two. Robert Patrick uh-huh. is Jacob. In the nice. series, which he was also in the second movie, right. so it's it's a cool little tie-in. But so where, do you do you feel that makes it? Um, uh, fuck, what is it called? Uh, Continuity. No, 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 no. Oh. It's it's. Um, damn it! When it comes to when it comes to my uh, my mind, I'll say it. All right. Damn. But yeah, the second one was about a bank robbery, and it was before the first movie happened. Gotcha. And then the third one happens in the Old West, like in the 1800s, and it's about where Satanic Pandemonium came from. That one's got Rebecca Gayhart in it. Okay. And remember her, the Noxzema girl, and she uh-huh. was also in like Urban Legends, and she was big for a little while. Yeah, for a little while. Oh man, she is a hot vampire. Let me tell you. I probably gave that's a you spoiler. Know, I, There's I a little her, spoiler. I would let her bite me. You could suck on some anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we'll edit that out and post. There ain't no post. Ain't no post. You bitch. guys know we do this stuff off on, the cuff. Off the cuff. What you see is what you get. For instance, I forgot to mention our email address at the beginning of this. I'm gonna do that right quick re, yep, right yep, quick. Yep, right right quick. I tried to correct myself and say real quick, but I started saying right quick. Right so I'm quick, just gonna right say right quick. quick. We are at uh seven hundred tapes at Gmail. Dot com if you want to email us mm-hmm. and uh, if you've got any trivia that we missed or you want to yell at us or tell us we're doing a good job or right. request a movie if you got hell a movie yes. you want to see and if i don't have it on vhs hell i'll find it yes as long as it doesn't cost 80 bucks i'll buy it yeah sounds about um, right you can find us on facebook, facebook. under 700 tapes uh we have a facebook group now also yeah, under the 700 tapes is, podcast pretty badass hell yeah Check us out on Twitter, Jasperino at 700 Tapes, and on the Instagram, the IG Action at yes. 700 Tapes. Yes. And that's that. that anyway, that. so. Those are all of our handles. That's our handles here so and there. You, you ramblers get rambling. Ramblers, let's get rambling. <laughs> so, from Handlers dusk, get handling. Yep. <laughs> from Dust Till Dawn came out in 1996. I actually saw this when it came out in the theater. I thought it was amazing. So I'm, I'm, I gotta, I gotta ask this because as you were, as you were reading the back of the tape, they mentioned uh, Batman and Robin. Yes. So this oh, came boy. out before Batman and Robin. It had to be after. Well, right. oh well, actually, it, it not necessarily because if this is a reissue, right, right. So they, so that's what I was thinking. So when they reissued that, if it, you know, if it is a reissue, they of course, you know, put the popular movies, the movies you would there. know them from yes i'm actually uh googling i'm googling it right now let's see 97 97 so, so yeah this came out that came out after from dust till dawn that's why i was like oh no. you know why i should have known that this was george clooney's first movie really yes so, so so before this so this is the first one so anything before this is er yeah and you know how he ended up doing this how? And I didn't know this before I started researching for this episode. Fucking Quentin Tarantino directed an episode of ER. 
That's badass. I haven't looked it up. I wanted to look it up and watch it, but I didn't have time. Do you think it'd be all skewed? I don't know. That's what I wanted to see if yeah, it was a Tarantino version of ER, like right. with the camera shots and everything. I wanted to see if somebody pulled up to the hospital and had to open a trunk and pull somebody out of it because you know he does that shot in every movie, right? But um, yeah, he did a he did an episode of ER, and that's where he met George Clooney. They hit it off perfectly. Nice. And get this, and this is kind of jumping ahead a little bit into the trivia, but he had already kind of... Built the role for him? No. He offered this role to several different people before this, including John Travolta, Steve Buscemi. Wow. Michael Madsen. Okay. And uh, oh, somebody else. It's in the trivia. I'll get to it. Buscemi, though. I would, I Can would, you imagine Steve would, Buscemi as Richard Gecko? It just doesn't. I don't see it. I would it. think him as as Tarantino's role. Yes. All day. But they all he's had script. Creepy, he's well, a creepy okay. Guy. So John Travolta wasn't interested in doing a vampire movie, and the other ones had scheduling conflicts, or they would have done it. Wow. Yeah, Michael Madsen, I think, would have done it pretty yeah, good. Yeah. I think. Wouldn't, I don't know. But but Seth Gecko is George Clooney for sure. So, for sure. This movie stars George Clooney as Seth Gecko, Quentin Tarantino as his brother Richard, Harvey Keitel as Jacob, Juliette Lewis as Kate, Ernest Lewis Scott. This is weird to me because in the opening credits, it makes a big deal out of Ernest Lou. Yep. It says, and as, introducing right, right, right. Ernest Lou as Scott. <clears throat> and I thought maybe Ernest Lou was related to Gordon Lou. Okay. Gordon Lou is the, the classic kung fu actor. That played the leader of the Crazy 88s in Kill Bill 1. Okay. And the guy that made the samurai swords, the Hattori Henzai swords in uh, Kill Bill. Uh, oh, no, 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 no. No, no, no. That wasn't him. He was Master Paime. He was, the guy that made Sunny Chiba was Hattori Hanzo. Okay. Gordon Liu was Master Paime when she was doing all the training where Bill dropped her off and she was training. That was Gordon Liu also. Gotcha. So I was thinking Ernest Liu was like his kid or maybe his grandkid and... Either way, uh, I get the Lou. feeling like they thought he was going to be a big deal. Uh-huh. I Googled him to find out if he was related to Gordon Liu. He is not. Gotcha. And he's done quite a few movies, but uh-huh. nothing of any like Substance blockbuster or... status or anything. Gotcha. But he, I mean, he's done quite a few movies. But yeah, he's 41 now because he was a teenager when this happened. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he wasn't really. I really thought I was going to find out he was related to Gordon Liu, but he's not. He's not related to Lucy Liu either. I looked. Damn. I was thinking he had to be related to somebody. One of these Lou's, huh? Yeah. Lucy Lou or are Gordon they, are, Lou. Are, are Gordon Lou and Lucy Loop-de-loo? Lou? Loop-de-loo? No. Are they? I don't think so. God. I man. didn't do that much research, but I don't think they are. I would um, assume that would kind of, you know, pull up in the people that you may know. Right. You know, with them as well. On Facebook? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, also starring Sama Hayek as Satanical Pandemonium. Everyone's favorite part of the movie. Of course. Cheech Marin in three different roles. Three. Did you catch that? He's in yes. this movie three times. He's, he is uh, the, uh, the border, bartender. The border, border. No, he's the border guard. He's the, the guy pussy the lover guy there we go. on the front. And then, at the end, and he then he's the, the gangster, Carlos. Yeah. Yeah. Danny Trejo is in this movie. Tom uh-huh. Savini, who also did some of the effects, is in this movie. Uh, Fred Williamson, that we'll talk about a little bit later. Uh, Michael Parks. Is in this movie. We're going to talk about him in a little bit too. Um, John Saxon has a cameo in this movie. John Saxon was the dad from Nightmare on Elm Street. Nice. And he was also in Nightmare on Elm Street three. Um, he was the FBI is the, agent. Is that the Dream Fighters? Three? Yeah, Dream Warriors. The hey, best. That's the best. The best one, one yeah. for sure. That's the only reason I remember it. Yep. Because that shit was badass. The chick with the switchblades, and she's like, "In my dreams, I'm beautiful." <laughs> And bad. and bad. She signed my glove over here, my nice. Freddy Krueger glove. She signed it. She's pretty which, cool. Which one is Johnny Depp in? 
Johnny Depp's in the first one. And because I'm like, he gets And that was his first movie. Word? Yeah, that was his first movie. And he dies in what within like five seconds. No, no. He's in the pretty much, he's in a lot of the movie. No, no, no. I'm saying, and well. His so, death scene is really quick, though. So. Yes. Oh, because he's, because uh, they're at the pool party or whatever, right? No, that's the second one. Okay. His pool party was the second one. Fuck. Where he comes, Freddy comes crawling out of the dude. <laughs> I the only, I just remembered, you know, him like scattering, running or whatever. We're going to cover those movies. They had a Sweet. lot to say about part two. And All it's, Right. homosexual overtones or undertones or whatever oh, dude yeah shit. anyway but um yeah john saxon uh was the fbi agent on the tv that they were interviewing he, he was in the movie for like a minute but <laughs> i thought that was cool if they put him in the movie nice um so previews that i got mm-hmm. on this vhs tape the first one was kind of a doozy it was called hidden assassin okay. it's a dolph lundgren movie oh jesus yeah, that's what I thought. As soon as I saw it, I went, oh, Jesus. I've never seen this movie. I haven't even heard of it. It stars, it stars Dolph Lundgren and Mariska Detners. So apparently he's an assassin who falls in love with his mark. Oh. Yeah. And hilarity ensues. <laughs> For one... He's a terrible actor. Yes. I mean, like, there's nothing. Oh, my God. You can't put that guy in a starring role. No. Because. Um, Punisher? you got to give him as, as little lines as possible. Did you did you watch Punisher? The adult, Yeah. Oh. Unfortunately, I have seen that movie. That's probably Fortuna- his best work. Fortunately, I do not own it on VHS, so we won't be covering it. It's probably his best work. It's either that or, what, Universal Soldier? <laughs> he was, you know what? He had less lines in Universal Soldier. Of he course. had less lines in Rocky. And of course, in Rocky, he was all right. You got to think, both of them motherfuckers can't talk. I know, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> and then you have Dolph Lundgren as as a big Russian. Yep. That barely barely speaks. Right. Um. Funny though, there's here's a tie-in. Mm-hmm. Not okay. Here's a spoiler alert. If you don't want to know what we're doing next time till the end of the show, stop listening now. Now we're covering The Crow next Woo! time. Badass movie. Dolph Lundgren starred with Brandon Lee from The Crow uh-huh. in Showdown in Little Tokyo. Right. So there's a little tie in there, with Dolph Lundgren. Dun, 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 dun. The next sequel, I got excited. Or the next sequel, the next preview. You got excited. I got excited about because it it's Halloween. The nice. Curse of Michael Myers. The Curse. Halloween Six. That is a horrible, horrible Not, movie. It wasn't H2O? It wasn't H2O. <laughs> I thought at first it was going to be, but it wasn't. Oh, shit. Dude. Um, Buster Rhymes lives. Was it Buster Rhymes? It's Buster Rhymes. Oh, LL's in Resurrection. Uh, he is. So, yeah, Michael got his ass kicked by Buster and LL. Damn. But I think... I don't and, think, and look, did LL, LL live in Resurrection? I don't remember if he I don't lived know, in Resurrection. But I know LL lived in Deep Blue Sea. Yeah, he did. Word. Yep, because he made a big deal out of you know I'm gonna die first. Right. I like when that, that was Sam Jack. Right. Oh my God, dude, that scene. And we are gonna make. You're like, oh shit. Dude, yeah, I didn't see that in theaters. I rented that, and I had to rewind that scene three or four times just to watch it again. I was like, oh my God, did I just watch that? So the first time I seen it, my brother, like I said, he uh, in previous podcast, he uh, worked at Hollywood Videos. Uh huh. So. I remember watching it in his room. So he said when, because he went and saw it in the theaters, and he was like, man, I've never been so scared of a movie <laughs> with water. Right. He's like, 
clearly we're in a movie theater. He's like, but they must have did the sound, you know, the sound effects or oh, something. Oh, that's like, a really, DTS really well. Probably. So what happened was, uh, he said it sounded like there was water around you as you were watching the movie. So he said he didn't know if there was like, uh, if they had some, you know, some kind of special effects to where it sounded like it. Like you were in like water while uh-huh. you were watching it or something, something similar to it. He was Dang. like, I was scared the whole fucking time. I was going to get ate by a shark. That's funny. <laughs> I was waiting for him to go, I'm tired of these motherfucking sharks. This motherfucking, motherfucking deep sharks. blue sea. <laughs> 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 the, the one movie that got me with the surround sound in the theater was Pitch Black. You remember that? The Vin Diesel movie? So, I never got to see it in He's crunching ice, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry about that, ladies Sorry. and gentlemen. You get a live, baby, live. Um, Pitch Black, probably one of my favorite movies. Nice. Like, for sure. Did you see it in the theater? No. I oh. remember I remember where I saw it, though. Where'd you see it? So, we're sitting at my uncle's house, um, and I, I think we watched, we got to rent a kid movie. Uh-huh. And then we got to rent. Oh, that's a video store story. Yes, that's awesome. It is, it is definitely that. So, um, we had no idea what Pitch Black was. I don't even think my uncle knew what it was. Oh, boy. I think he just. Yeah, because he never would have let you rent it, probably. So, no, no, no. It was it was his it was, it was was his pick. Oh, okay. So, All right. the stipulation was we watch this movie, and then we get to watch whatever movie, <laughs> you know, we pick. The kid movie? Yes. Yeah. So, I, I think, just want to watch Spy Kids. Right. I think it was. I think it was some <laughs> dumbass movie like that. Right. Right. So, also a Robert Rodriguez movie. Uh, <laughs> Trejo's in it. Yep. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. Fucking Trejo. So um, we watch it, and you know, from from front to back, I was like, "Holy right. shit! This movie Hell is yeah. bad ass." Like. This movie is badass for sure. Yep. Like, I don't even I don't even remember what movie we rented because <laughs> we didn't watch it. I remember I tried to watch it, but uh-huh. I was tired after it. I was yeah. like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna go to sleep." Dude, I liked when Vin Diesel realized if he stood right in front of him, they couldn't see him. Right, and he was shuffling he back was shuffling. and forth. Yeah. So here's where the movie got me. I saw it in the movie theater, uh-huh. and there's parts where there's nothing. It's just darkness, uh-huh. and they've got the things chittering around. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm hearing him behind me. I'm hearing it to the left. Yep. I'm hearing it going all the way across from the left to the right. That's where I really learned the value of surround sound. Yep. I was like, oh, my God. It's like they're in the theater running around that on was, the fucking ceiling. That was ceiling. the same thing my brother was saying about. But Deep Blue Sea. Yes. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. So that was the magic of movie making, I guess. But, yeah, it was really cool. To... So, you know, just to kind of, you know, double down on that. So... My dad has always been a surround sound like guy. Right. He is the one that at one point in time he had to have all the new shit. That you know? was me, yep. So he was constantly constantly getting new stuff. So I remember when uh if I'm not mistaken, T two came out and the the uh special casing yeah. and all that shit, right? That's so, a good one for surround too. Definitely. Because it was I don't know if it was Dolby Digital, but it was the other one, the IMAX or T- the THX. There we go, THX. That was the George Lucas shit. So he was like, "Look, this is the best shit to test your yep. surround sound with." He's like, Burn. "He's like, look, this is the best." So I remember before we watched it because, of course, we've seen T two yep. so many yep. times. He's like, "But no, 
this is going to be right. different. So I remember he sets it up all perfect. He played the intro, that THX thing, probably six times. Nice. But the sixth time, fucking ground shaking. Yeah. <laughs> I used to do that because I, I always had good surround systems in my house. Uh-huh. And uh, I always cranked that part. Yeah. And the walls would shake. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, it was cool. I liked later when the Dolby Digital came out and they had the little the little metal balls that uh, were like liquid boom, and then they, boom, boom. and then they went and you could hear them all around you. Like, Holy shit! Yeah. I've actually it doesn't look like it, but these uh, Logitech speakers I have hooked up here, the surround actually works pretty good on them. And I don't even have all the speakers hooked up. There's two nice. of them in the closet because I didn't have any place to put them. I'm thinking about putting them back on the desk somewhere though, Damn. because um. I've been watching these movies on a VCR, uh-huh. on a VCR, mind you, but I got it hooked directly into the main speaker. Right. And the surround on them is killer. That's badass. Like, I, I sit here watching the movies, and I kind of crank it a little bit, and I got I got a good subwoofer down there. Nice. And I can hear the stuff moving back and forth to left and right, and I'm like, man, I need to hook up those back surround speakers, too. I might put one maybe right here by your microphone and put the other one over here in the corner. Nice. Just to get the full effect. The full effect. So Hell we can yeah. be in full effect. Hell yeah. But yeah, that was cool. But yeah, so we got Halloween 6 okay. for the next trailer, which I thought was cool. Curse of Michael Myers. Horrible, horrible movie. That's where they really get into <laughs> the whole, uh, like, the cult of Michael Myers yes, type that is, shit. Like, anytime I hear 6, they always say that's the cult. Right. Like the culty one. Right. They did the same. Sucked. I don't know if Cult of Chucky was the 6 movie or not. I don't know the count, but it might have been. It, uh, it might have been like 5, because I think... They did like the seed of Chucky. Yeah, well, seed then, of Chucky. Then it was because um, they did. They were they were two cult, low budget ones. Cult of Chucky was the last one they did, I think. Yeah, and it was and an I think that okay was, movie. Uh, but they got they a brought back ridiculous. his voice. Well, and they brought back uh, Jennifer Tilly was at the end of that movie. Yep. And I was like, oh, Jennifer Tilly, I love her. And then of course this new one. I didn't like. I've I've never been a Chucky. I fan, won't watch so. the reboot. Yeah. I refuse. Um, I don't believe in reboots of classic horror like that. I won't watch it. Gotcha. I did not watch Friday or Nightmare on Elm Street. Every time I went to a movie and they played the preview for that, I heckled all the way through it. I almost got kicked out of a theater a couple no, times. No, that's Rorschach. Because that's Rorschach's. it's bullshit. <laughs> that's Rorschach's. That's not Freddy. Right? That's Rorschach. Right. So if if, if you guys Watchmen, know, that was a Watchmen reference. Yeah, for you guys. It, that he's the actor that plays um, Freddy in the new one and. That shit sucked. I don't know if this is um, still up on YouTube, but if you guys want to look it up, some guy mm. had a Rorschach action figure and a Deadpool action figure, and they did a whole little series of stop motion, and it went, Rorschach and Deadpool. <laughs> they were having like little mini adventures. It's freaking hilarious. Um, I don't know if it's still up on YouTube. It's been probably 10 years since I've seen it, but go check that out. So uh, the hits just kept on coming. With this, Let's see what's the, what's the next, next preview, Hellraiser Bloodline. <laughs> like the, uh, it's sitting right there. It uh, is. Yep. It, wait, that, is that four? That doesn't. Yeah, but that doesn't make it any less horrible. Yes. Um, all I'm going to say is uh, Hellraiser in space. <laughs> I'm going to leave it at that. It jumps back and forth from the future to the past, but it goes so far in the future that in space, and yeah. We will probably cover it eventually if you keep listening to this podcast. In two or three years, we'll probably get to Hellraiser Bloodline. But um, it's <laughs> awful. Jason X. <laughs> I love. I fucking love Jason X. I love that movie more than I should. 
and shamefully so. It is, it's it's a uh, but uh, guilty pleasure. Guilty pleasure. <laughs> I love Jason X. I'm going on record on that right now. It's campy and it's stupid, but that's part of its charm. Dude, I'll that part, that. the whole thing where he's got, where they reenact Crystal Lake, mm-hmm. and he's got a camper in a sleeping bag, and he's beating the shit out of the other camper with it. Amazing. And the whole, that whole fight scene where the android chick just kicks oh, the yeah. shit out of him, it's fucking hot. Then he that fucking, was awesome. Then he, uh, then he got I'm the nanites, yep, that, and then he's Metal Jason. Dude, if you're into schlock or cheese or anything, you love that. I love Jason X. I don't really count it as part of the franchise, right? but I love it. Dang it. Because the funny thing is, I'm still trying to think of what the uh, that word is that says it's um, canon. There we go. Yeah, that's not part canon? of the canon. Yes. But I love the part the guy's like, look, guys, it's okay. He just wanted his machete back. <laughs> You're like, ah. <laughs> idiot. Duh. And the funny thing is that, like, I remember that line. Right. Look, guy, he just See? wanted yeah. his machete back. But I also enjoy Jason Goes to Hell. You, so is that I liked the one it. Where he, like, that was part nine. Okay. That was right before Jason X. That was Shit. when he was kind of possessing everybody. Right, right, right. And then they did the whole Freddy glove at the end, pull the mask down. You're like, oh, Freddy versus Jason's going to happen. Then like 12 years later, it finally happened. Right. But yeah, I... Uh, that yeah. movie didn't age well either. It does not age well, but it it had the dude from Friday the 13th, the series in it, and I thought that was cool because I was a big fan of that show. Gotcha. There's some obscure shit for you guys to look up. It has nothing to do with Jason Voorhees. And you've never... You never... You didn't like the uh, Rob Zombie Jasons? Oh, no, that was Halloween. Oh, there we go. I did. No, no, he did. If I'm not mistaken, he did a Jason as well. No, he didn't. Who did the Jason? They rebooted. I can't remember who it was, but they did do a Friday the 13th reboot. I remember somebody dies with a fucking bow and arrow, and that was kind of bad. Yeah. So here's the thing. That movie wasn't that bad. Yeah. I I went and saw that uh, when it came out in the theater. I'm going to have to look that up and see who did that one. Yeah, look it up, because I I I think it was a famous director, but I I don't remember. it was Rob Zombie. No, it wasn't Rob Zombie. Um... I almost said J.J. Abrams, but I don't think it was. He He's done horror? I don't know. No. I just remember the movie, I think it was okay uh, because Jason doesn't talk. Right. The Halloween reboots were okay because Michael Myers doesn't talk. I love the Halloween. Okay, a lot of people are going to throw stuff at their computer right now. I love the Rob Zombie Halloween remakes. I like them. Gotcha. Remember in my office, I used to have the yeah, posters hanging out because I'm a huge Rob Zombie freak of a fan. That's why I said. So I love the, yeah, I like the Halloween movies. I didn't like the treatment of Loomis in the second one, but I can get past that. But the Friday the 13th one, <laughs> I loved this. When the chick was under the dock, uh-huh. and this was the only reason they shot this scene, he stabbed the machete right through the top of her head through the dock. Lifted her up so you get that quick, like, three-second tit shot. Right. And then she falls back in the water. That was a total homage to the old movies. Here's some boobs for the sake of boobs, <laughs> you know? So, yeah, I didn't hate it. I think I own it, actually, on DVD. I didn't totally hate it. But as far as Chucky and Freddy Krueger go, fuck you. There's only one of each, and your reboots suck, and I refuse to watch them. So take that, Hollywood producers. I refuse to take part and you fucking up my yeah, childhood. Yeah, raping my childhood pretty much for the sake of money. Fuck you. Right? Because you couldn't think of anything. I, I made a original. I made a shirt design that I never printed that said fuck fuck reboots uh-huh. and the F was Freddy's glove. The F and fuck was Freddy's glove. <laughs> but that was around the time that I got out of doing shirts for myself. So I never really printed it. Did you find it? Um I'm looking on 
Strikers, directed by Marcus Nilspin. I've never heard of that guy. Neither have I. I. I thought it was. Was Jason Padalecki in that movie? Um, Clay Miller. That's a dude from uh, Supernatural. That's Dean. Clay Miller? No, Dean is. Um, I mean, not Dean. Uh, his the other one. Yeah, Jason Padalecki. That's uh. uh him right here. Oh, Clay Miller is the guy. His name in the movie. Yeah, Jason Padalecki. Yeah, he was in that movie. Okay. That was two thousand nine. Right. Yeah, I don't know who Marcus Nips, Nispel is. For some reason, I thought it was somebody else. I thought he was too. Like I seriously thought, I thought it was Rob Zombie. No, Rob Zombie was definitely Halloween. I know he did have. That's why I, yeah. I, for sure, I knew it was for sure Halloween. I knew that, but I was like, shit. So in any case, we had Hellraiser Bloodlines, and it just keeps getting better with the bad sequels. The next one, Children of the Corn Four: The Gathering. Fuck, four. dude! They yeah, made four of them. Dude, I think they made like six of them because there's a Children of the Corn six six six. Damn, that creepy Isaac kid's in this movie, but he just keeps getting older, and they just keep using him. But I don't even know what this movie was about from the preview. It was horrible. Children of the Corn, corn Four: Ooh. The Gathering. Ooh, they're after somebody's baby for some reason. Like they've come out of the cornfield and they need more kids, more children for the corn. I guess. <laughs> I guess. Look, pun intended, right? Right. <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna say uh, the previews on this VHS were all stink. We're all Every shitty. Si- yeah. yeah, we've got Dolph Lundgren. We got Halloween Six, Hellraiser Four, th- a four Children of the Corn Four. Bad sequels. Bad sequels. Bad sequels. Then there was an ad for the soundtrack. Gotcha. For From Dust Till Dawn. Okay. Make sure to check out the official soundtrack for From Dust Till Dawn with ZZ Top and Stevie Ray Vaughan, <laughs> which they are on the soundtrack. Yeah. Really so good. one of the one of the soundtracks that I could remember like being super badass. Uh huh. Blade. Oh yeah. Like speaking of also Freddy versus Jason. Uh, that soundtrack is solid. I believe it. Absolutely solid. And then um, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Blade the did Crow. have a good track. The Crow had a good sound. So that, Stone Temple Pilots had a big hit off of that. Uh-huh. What they did, uh, um, big. What was it called? Time to take her home. Her dizzy head is conscience laden. I don't remember what the name yeah, of the song. Well, look, you know what I'm talking you about? You got a couple vocals there, huh? Right. You know. You know what I'm talking about? I, I know what song you're talking about. Oh yeah, we still have to talk about my Christian rap crew later oh, on when we get to the. When we oh get to the yeah. Party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just pulling out the surprises on this episode, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. But I will gentlemen. tell you, yeah, this uh, this soundtrack is really, really, really good. And if you don't have it, I would recommend going out and getting it. Download it on iTunes while you're listening to our podcast, which is also yeah. available on iTunes. Hell yeah. Because we're kind of a big deal. Kind of a big deal. You can check that out. Um, but yeah, it's really good. All the stuff from the movies in it. It's got some of the cinematic score in it, which I think nice. is good. You know, I'm really into movie soundtracks. Look, I definitely. love them. I was really hooked. The first and second Pirates of the Caribbean movies, uh-huh. those soundtracks were, the Danny Elfman shit was absolutely amazing. I would just sometimes listen to that stuff while I was at work so I could feel like a badass. I'm like, yeah, where's the rum at? Why is it always gone? <laughs> Mutiny. <laughs> right? <laughs> Scurvy dog. All right, I got, a, I got a pirate joke. Oh, here we go. You ready? Okay. What is... A pirate's favorite letter. 
I know the answer, but go ahead. I don't want to be joking. What is it? It's R. No, it'd be the C. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's good. I thought I had that figured out, and I did not. Well, of course. That's why I was like, go ahead and say it. Oh, man. <laughs> this has been Dad Jokes at yes. 700 Tapes Podcast. But can, it's okay. You guys can use it. Hashtag Dad Joke. Hashtag Dad Joke. <laughs> All right. Without further ado, let's, yes. let's check out this trailer. Hell, yeah. Your attention, please. All new Hotshot electric in-car heaters have been installed for your comfort and convenience. Just insert heater through car window and turn on the switch. When leaving, please turn switch off and replace on speaker post. Warning, high voltage. For your own safety, do not attempt to repair or remove wires. Do not attempt to open heater unit. If you need assistance, please notify the theater box office or concession manager. Hiya, hiya, hiya. They're shrimply and delicious. Hiya, hiya, hiya. You'll go for that mouth-watering, taste-tempting, meaty shrimp mixture all wrapped up in a crispy noodle jacket. It's a treat you can't beat. So come on, join the folks that are getting fresh, crispy, flavor shrimp rolls now at the snack bar. They're shrimply and delicious. was uh, not in the script. George Clooney did that on the fly. Damn. And uh, Robert Rodriguez wasn't going to leave it in, but they cut the trailer before he did the final edit, and it was in the trailer. So he was like, crap, now I got to kind of leave it in. Damn. So, yeah, this movie came out in 1996. It's 108 minutes long. Um, it, that's, that's like two of our podcasts. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it had a budget of $19 million. Mm-hmm. It grossed 
10 million on its first weekend, which was January of 1996, grossed 25 million in the US and 25 million worldwide, which means it did not have a worldwide release. Uh, so it grossed 25 million out of a 19 million dollar budget. That really isn't considered much of a success, but no. it's still one of my favorite movies of all time. If I'm not mistaken, I think that's still considered it's considered a flop. A flop. I don't care. I because love this you, movie. Because <laughs> you make your budget like you making your budget back doesn't mean you made your budget back. If that makes sense. Right. The film cost. There's no breaking even. The film cost 19, but if I'm not mistaken, that's just to make the movie. Yes. That's not to. Um, put you know, put the movie out. That's not to distributing do all the, and yeah, all that. All yep. of that. So, I think you're almost in the movie double, right? You know, before you break even, right. quote unquote, bunny ears, air bunny quote, air you know. bunny quotes, Chris Farley. <laughs> Maybe I don't bathe, <laughs> <laughs> right? So yeah, the famous line "No thanks, I already had a wife" was improvised by George Clooney. Uh, Robert Rodriguez never intended it to be in the final cut, but after the studio included it in the trailer, he felt obligated to leave it in the film. Salma Hayek has a fear of snakes. Holy shit. As she is a snake-headed, you know, vampire. And so in this movie, she's dancing with this huge ball python. Not ball python. It's a... uh, um, Uh, Oh, crap. If it's not a python... Well, we'll get to it later in the thing. But, okay, so... She has a fear of snakes, so she didn't. She originally, after she read the script, she turned down the role. Um, Robert Rodriguez conned her into thinking that Madonna was ready to nab the part instead, so Hayek spent two months in therapy to overcome her fear. Damn. And um, this was actually the first script that Quentin Tarantino was paid to write. Uh, he got $1,500 for writing this screenplay. Damn. So we'll get. Um, so the actual person that wrote the came up with the story was Robert Kurtzman. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a special effects technician. He asked him to write a screenplay based on the story, in return for providing the ear slicing scene in Reservoir Dogs. So wow. they had a little trade off there. All right. So green blood was used for the vampires because with all the blood in the movie, had they had made it red, it would have got an NC seventeen rating. Wow. So they had to make the vampire blood green to get the R rating. Talk about BBG. Yeah, we're going to have a good BBG meter at the end of this movie. Let me just tell you that Hell right works. off the bat. The BBG meter is off the scale. So if you guys haven't been listening, what BBG stands for is boobs, boobs bloods, bloods, and, and guts. guts. Yeah, we call that the legacy BBG meter. Woo, woo, woo. So Salma Hayek did not have a choreography, a choreographer for her dance scene. Robert Rodriguez told her just to feel the music and dance to it. Sexy. Robert Rodriguez used the same tactic with Jessica Alba in Sin City. Makes sense. Cause Both it's, of it's, those dances were amazing. Yeah, I'm about to say, it, it doesn't look um, forced or anything like that. Yep. So yeah. before George Cooney's class, we cast, we talked about this a little earlier, Antonio Banderas, Steve Buscemi, Michael Madsen, Tim Roth, John Travolta, and Christopher Walken were offered the role of Seth Gecko. All passed because of scheduling conflicts. So that was all, almost all the Reservoir Dogs. Right. You know. Can you imagine Christopher Walken? Yeah. Now, can we agree what we've got here? Right. Is vampires. <laughs> I do a horrible Christopher the Walken. The funny I'm thing sorry. is, you know, his, his actual name isn't Christopher. What is it? Uh, I looked at, I, I was, I was, wa- I was uh, looking at something and it crossed, you know, my, my phone. I was like, what? Oh, I think it was like actors that. You know them as, uh-huh. but their name isn't 
blah, blah, blah. So since you told me a bad joke, I'm going to tell you a bad joke. All right, let me hear it. Who's Christopher Reeves' arch enemy? Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken. <laughs> uh, I'm here until Thursday, folks. Try the veal. Oh, <laughs> uh, because you get it. Walking. <laughs> so, oh, man, you're going to turn into the uh, Hutchins from Predator, you know, because he can't walk. So, if you look closely, when Richard, uh, when Cheech Marin is playing the customs agent, his name badge says Oscar Marin, which is Cheech's real life father's name. All right. And he was an LAPD police officer, so that's pretty cool. Nice. Um, Quentin Tarantino was originally set to direct the movie, but decided not to, so that he could focus more on the screenplay and his role as Richard Gecko. Nice. Um, Quentin uh, Tarantino originally gave the script to makeup effects technician Robert Kurtzman to direct. When he couldn't commit, Tarantino showed the script to Robert Rodriguez, who eagerly signed on. Nice. That's pretty cool. Uh, we talked about this earlier. George Clooney was picked partly because of his work on ER. Quentin Tarantino liked the irony that Clooney had gone from saving people at the ER to playing a character who sends people to the ER. <laughs> All right. I can, I can dig that. The band playing in the Titty Twister is Tito and the Tarantulas, which is an actual band uh, featuring Robert Rodriguez. The lineup also featured Oingo Boingo drummer Johnny Vatos Hernandez. All right, so, say, say, say the, the orn, Orno Boingo. Oingo Boingo. <laughs> you know Oingo Boingo, right? Nope. No? No. You know Oingo Boingo from this. They're the when you oh, hear. Oh yeah, when they're. Da, 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 uh, no, when you the band at changes. Christmas time when you hear Feliz Navidad. Uh huh. Feliz Navidad. That famous version of that song is Oingo Boingo. Got you. So I know Feliz Navidad is done by, uh, I think his name is Feliz. Dang, what is his name? His name's Feliz Navidad. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but that, if you don't know Oingo Boingo for anything else, that's, I mean, they had other shit, but. That is their claim to fame. They were a big 80s band. Gotcha. Um. So, um, Quentin Tarantino uh, pitched this to John Travolta the same time as he was preparing to film Pulp Fiction. Uh, Travolta was not interested in working on a vampire movie and wanted to do Pulp Fiction instead. So, he had this written, like, back when he was still oh, doing Pulp Feliciano. Fiction. Feliciano. That's why I knew it, it was something close to uh, um, Some of the body parts in the film were f uh, reused from other Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez films. Nice. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, That's how you save on a fucking budget. Right? It was uh, George Clooney's idea for Seth to have a tattoo, that badass tribal tattoo he's that got. That you barely see at the end. Right. And you, but you see it on his neck through most of the movie. That was George Clooney's idea. Actually, he had just seen Once Were Warriors. I'm not really sure what that movie is, but he had just watched that, so he wanted a tattoo. Um. Sex Machine's crotch gun can be seen in Desperado when they search his case and the false top starts to lift. War. Yeah, so that's pretty cool. Um, the, original, <laughs> the original Titty Twister massacre and fight scenes were longer and a lot gorier with more deaths of vampires and humans before they were cut for rating and pacing. Some work print footage shows all of the uncut scenes. I have not found that footage, but I'd like to. Hell yeah. Uh, Kelly Preston was the newscaster that was like, this brings up the death toll to 16. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's John Travolta's wife. Oh, nice. Um, he gave her the role as a walk-on because he worked with John Travolta in Pulp Fiction. 
that and it's like look hey your wife's in this video you know this right. movie trying to kind of right it. that's probably it too you know what George Clooney made to be in this movie You're, it's gonna blow you away I'm look just just off of the rip of what it is I'm gonna say eight grand oh no that's low I thought you were gonna well let's just say Clooney got or uh, Tarantino got lucky this was his first movie because had he tried to get Clooney like five years later uh-huh. it'd have been a million bucks. Two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Two hundred fifty thousand dollars. And that was because of the success. That was of because ER. of ER. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, Doctor Ross. So, uh, the reason I said eight grand is because um, James Earl Jones and Star Wars uh-huh. is Darth Vader. Oh, for the voice, he eight got grand. Eight, eight grand. You're like what? For just being the voice. What eight right. grand? What? But you know, it, it's such an iconic movie. That right. eight grand back in the seventies might have been a lot of money. That's true. It was a lot more than it is now. Hell yeah. Uh, Seth Gecko says the line, all right, Ramblers, let's get rambling. Uh, and it's a quote from Reservoir Dogs. That's nice. why he says it. That's nice. why it was funny. Um, there's a couple of interesting ones here. Um, oh, the whip that Tom Savini, Sex Machine, uses, mm-hmm. he really knows how to use a whip. Oh, so he can crack That was all whip. his own shit. Damn. Like he didn't have a stunt double or anything. Whoosh. That was probably his whip, too. Yeah. I don't know that for sure, so, but I would assume. So, Savini is, of course, the Savini. Tom yes. Savini, Night yes. of the Living Dead, Tom Savini, yes. Gotcha. Yes. So, the funny thing is you've been saying Savini the whole time, right? Uh-huh. Um, I just got done watching Lock and Key. Nice. Um, a couple weeks ago. Uh-huh. Do you, do you know anything about the series? No, but I, I've heard of it, but I've not okay. watched it. So, um, in the series, it's it's on Netflix, so you can, you can okay. definitely binge watch it. Um, there is a group in the the high school that they're called the Savinis, the Savinis, uh, as an homage to the, as a, an a, a homage to him. That's cool. So they do like little special effects and shit like that. So that's badass. So I can actually put a face with the name. Nice, nice. So the Titty Twister is based on Kurtz's compound from Apocalypse Now. Damn. Right. That makes sense at the end because it, it's that big Inca type. It does. Um. And I I wish they would have gotten to that whole thing. A little more. Right. Well, they, they kind of do in the third movie. And they really do in the series. If you watch From Dust Till Dawn, the series, you really get an inside look at that whole thing. Okay. And it's really awesome. I would said, highly recommend the you series. You said the third movie, I was like, boo. No, the third movie's <laughs> not bad. It's not bad. It's not bad. It was because it's a pre-prequel. It's pre-prequel. Because, again, I remember seeing part of the second one and it was like. Well, the second one's garbage. I'm not going to lie to you. Was that goo? Did he just like goo through the fucking like jail or something? Right. I was like, boo. Right. Movie sucks. So, uh, <laughs> Tim Roth and. Okay, do you know who Pete Bottoms is? No. All right. Pete Bottoms is the the convenience store clerk. Oh, okay. In the beginning of the movie. So Tim Roth and Steve Buscemi were both approached to play Pete Bottoms, but they had scheduling issues, so they couldn't do it. I think Steve Buscemi would have nailed that part. Yeah. He would have been absolutely awesome in that part. Um, Eric Estrada was lined up to play Carlos the Gangster at the end, the part that Cheech plays. How about to Cheech? I think that would have been badass. Hell yeah. Eric Estrada from Chips? Hell yeah. Dun, 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 dun. That was one of my childhood heroes growing up. I wanted to be Ponch. Damn. From Chips, because he was a stud, man. All the chicks loved him. He was a tough guy. <laughs> Did you ever hear uh, George Lopez's yep. story about he Eric said, Estrada? Fuck, him. He hey, said, fuck, fuck Eric Estrada. Fuck him. Fuck him. Careful who you're mad at and who you're mean to or whatever. Yeah. Fuck him. Like he so was, apparently uh, when George Lopez was a little kid, Eric Estrada came through his neighborhood and all the kids were all excited to see him. And he was just an asshole to everybody. 
So later on when George Lopez was famous doing stand-up, he's like, I just want to say, fuck Eric Estrada. Be careful who you're an asshole to. <laughs> I <laughs> made it, Pinche. Right? <laughs> Pinche puto, I made it. <laughs> yep. All right, so we're going to jump into the movie now. I'm putting my spectacles on. So this movie starts out uh, deserted desert road. Here's the thing. I really didn't have to make notes for this movie, but I did anyway, and, and they're just little... They're little buzzwords that remind me what to talk about. Like with other movies, I'm like writing full sentences. Like I think this happened when the blah blah blah. Right. This movie, I'm just literally scratched in little words here and there because titty. I've seen this movie. Car. Yeah, exactly. I've seen this movie so many times. I could probably do it by heart right now. Yeah. You know, to watch it, but so we start off with a deserted desert road, um, and a car's pulling into uh, Benny's World of Liquor. The name's important later because George Clooney makes fun of it. And uh, the ranger gets out. Um, and here's what I wanted to talk about. The ranger is Michael Parks. Gotcha. And in the movie, his name is Earl McGraw. This is a reoccurring character. This is his last appearance uh-huh. and also his first appearance because this is the first movie in which he plays Earl McGraw and he dies. He is also in Planet Terror. Okay. As Earl McGraw, and he is also in Kill Bill as Earl McGraw. So by that timeline, you're assuming that Planet Terror and Kill Bill, Kill Bill happened before From Dust Till Dawn because Earl McGraw is still alive. Right. Here's the thing about this movie. When my kids were old enough to watch this, they all got pissed at me because they realized I based my entire parenting style on George Clooney's character in this movie. All right, you got to walk me through that. Let's hear it. So <laughs> there's lines in this movie that I would quote gotcha. while I was parenting. My kids didn't know it till they were older. And as soon as they figured out, they got pissed. Yeah, you're really scraping that. They're I can like, hear you it. Got, you, got me with, <clears throat> you got me with the Clooney. So here's what I would do. I would be telling them something. And they'd, try to <laughs> talk, they'd try to talk back. And I'd be like, this conversation's over. Right. Which is what he uses on Quentin Tarantino in the hotel room. Yep. The other big one, I was always like, if we were leaving, all right, ramblers, let's get rambling, you know? And then the other one was, um, if they were really bitching about something, I'd be like, it's not a big deal until you make it a big deal. Which is, he also says that to, yeah. (laughs) So, and even the way that I would yell at them, like at the end where he's like, my brother, did they look like psychos? Psychos do not explode when sunlight hits them. I don't give a fuck how crazy they are. I would. That's what I would be like. I don't care if you're getting an F in math. I don't give a fuck how hard it is. You can do better. You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah, they, they caught it. Like, oh, my God, this was dad. You know, this is where he got all his shit. And, you know, he's like, my brother's dead. He's not coming back. You know, and I'd be like. You're grounded. You're not going out. You know, that kind of, yeah. My oldest two. It's the same setup. My oldest, yeah. My oldest two daughters, especially, when they finally saw this, they were like, that son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. It's all from dusk till dawn. So. Such is life. My my third daughter, Kayla Vaughn, she was always a little tomboyish. And I always called her son number one. I have two sons. I have five daughters and two sons. I always call it, well, there I have two more sons and one more. I have 10 kids total now. That yeah, kind of blows weird. your mind. 
You would think he didn't have 700 tapes, huh? Right. <laughs> so, anyway, for my first marriage, I had seven kids. I had five daughters and two sons. My sons came later. I had four daughters right off the bat. Well, my third daughter was always kind of tomboys. So I was, t- I was told, let's go son number one. You know, <laughs> after I had my boys, she was still son number one because yeah, she was tomboy. Think. So she finally watched Kill Bill. I'm sitting, I think it was like New Year's Eve or something. I remember because I was drunk. <laughs> and I was, it was like 1130 at night. And I'm just watching drunk. a movie. I was kind of drunk and I was watching a movie. And... My text message on my phone goes off, and I look at it, and it's my daughter, who's like now 20, mm. you know, and she goes, you son of a bitch. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, what the hell? What's wrong with you? And she goes, I'm watching Kill Bill. You totally got the son number one from this movie. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> like, <sighs> so all of, my, all, my secrets. all of my parenting shit. Thank parenting you. Skills. Thank you, Quentin Tarantino. Thank you for helping me raise my kids. <laughs> This conversation's over. This conversation's over. Anyway, so... To be honest, that's funny as shit. So the reason I brought that up is Earl McGraw in Kill Bill, he's looking at the bride, and his son is the deputy. Right. He's the sheriff, he's the ranger, his son's the deputy. And he keeps, well, well, son number one, let me tell you, I don't know why somebody do this, such a good-looking woman or whatever that he was saying in Kill Bill. And then he was also Earl McGraw in Planet Terror. So... This is the same Michael Parks, the same actor, saying the same character, which I thought was totally cool. So he goes walking into the uh, uh, Benny's World of Liquor, and he's talking to the clerk, Pete Bottoms, and they're just kind of bitching back and forth. That's a hot, miserable day. He's like, I've been here at the AC, cranking all day, and he's spitting in his cup. (laughs) And then he's like, aren't you going to, are you going to eat or whatever? He's like, oh, I eat out of the microwave he goes don't you know that shit will kill you faster than whatever (laughs) yeah and he goes this is one part i like he goes those burritos ain't good for nothing but a hippie when he's high on weed weed. (laughs) (laughs) so then he's like i had a miserable day i was down at at whoever's and i she's got that mongoloid kid working behind there cooking food and he's like shouldn't there be some rule against a retard making food for the public you know there ain't there ought to be and he's like you You sewer you You could own that place what am i gonna do with that and then this is the great part i used to use this all the time too when he goes uh she's got a cross to bear with that potato head (laughs) and i would always if somebody was acting stupid i'm like you're a real fucking potato head you know that (laughs) right he's a fucking potato head so then uh, he's talking, and he's like, I there about 9 o'clock. I'm puking up, picking on a blanket about 10.30, you know. <laughs> Just yokel small talk, you know what I mean? So right. then he's like, he asked for a, he's already drinking a beer. He asked for like a fifth of Jack. He's like, I'm going to go to the bathroom. As soon as he walks away, um, here comes, you discover that the geckos are in the store, and they've got hostages. Oh, so, wait, 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 wait. Oh, what okay. You, what you forgot is what he's like, did you see what happened? Oh, that's right. He's the like, banter about, you know, everything. Did you see that, that thing happened. went down in Abilene? He's like, it's all been on the box all morning. Right. You know? So they, because they have the, they have the conversation. That's right. Because he that. was like, uh, if the, you know, they come across this way, I'm going to whoop their asses it, or whatever. They'd be hell to pay. Yeah, he's like, he, a, they've killed Rangers. They've already killed Texas Rangers. It'll be, uh, like, you know they'll get theirs or something like that. Yeah, he's kind of like he's kind of talking shit. Right. 
because he doesn't really think they're going to come through there. I think is is the point of that. No, 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 no. He he was hoping that they would. So, I kind of got the idea you know, though that bunny he quotes. Didn't, yeah, he really didn't. He was kind of bravadoing right of there because then know, he's you, like, you talk "I'm gonna get high as a Georgia pine tonight." <laughs> Look, it's, it's it's one of those things where it's like. You know, if that fucking T-Rex came up and it's like, oh, shit, right. the T-Rex oh, is behind me. He's behind me, isn't he? <laughs> right. So uh, then uh, George Clooney's like, am I fucking with you? You know, and he's like, uh, he's got the two the two girls. Quentin Tarantino's got one. He's got the other one. They've got hostages. And he's like, no, I don't want to do it, but I will turn this place into the fucking wild bunch if I think you were fucking with me. And the guy's like, oh, I didn't do anything. And then... um. What's his name? Leans over. Yeah, Tarantino leans over, whispers in his ear. He's like, "Were you giving that pig signals?" He's like, "No." And he whispers again. He's like, "He says you were scratching." I wasn't scratching. If I was scratching, it's because I'm nervous as shit. <laughs> you know. He goes, "You told me that natural, I ain't natural." I think I should get a fucking Academy Award. You know. The guy so. comes in here every day. You know. He yeah, my we bullshit. He used bathroom. If I told him no, he'd know something was up. Right. So then, um, he's like. I will turn this place into Benny's World of Blood. And that's why I mentioned the uh, name, <laughs> Benny's World of Liquor. I will turn this place into Benny's World of Blood. Fucking awesome. So then also that Wild Bunch reference is a reference right. to an old movie, which is cool. So anyway, um, he comes back. So they, they go, he's like, so you're... No, 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 wait, he's wait. Like, he goes, I'm doing the best I can. He goes, well, you're, you're best, better get a whole fuck of a lot, hell of a lot better. Your day's going to be a hell of a lot worse or whatever. Right. And then uh, uh, Tarantino says, "Oh, that's I right. Just, I can just go back there. Let me and- go in there, shoot him in the back of the head. Right. Yeah. We'll be done with it. He's like, no, 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 you know, no, no, just right. no, no, you don't, you, you don't have to do that. So you're kind of getting the feel right off the bat. Something's right. wrong, with Quentin Tarantino. Right. He's not right in the head. He just right. wants to kill people and fucking yeah. You can tell he's lying. Right. About the guy, like he didn't send any signals. He wasn't scratching, as we see in the next scene, because then the guy comes back and he's like, "What do I owe you?" And he's like. Six fifty, which you know is the nineties. If he's paying six fifty for for the jack, <laughs> and even then he's like, "God damn, you bucking for early retirement!" <laughs> and then all of a sudden his head explodes. Boom! And Tarantino just shoots him in the back of the head, and um, look, and there's no gaff this time because we see bullet entry, exit, right, flat. Yeah, that was that was a, a reference from <laughs> last <Predator. week. laughs> So then yeah, so then George Clooney's like, "What the hell was that?" And he's like, "He mouthed help us." He's like, oh, I didn't mouth help us, you fucking liar. <laughs> and he's like, while your back was turned, I saw him mouth help us. Yeah, he's like, you were over by the beer cooler. I was by the magazines. I clearly saw him mouth help us. <laughs> <laughs> so then um, he then he shoots he shoots the guy. He shoots Pete, right. Pete Bottoms. And then George Clooney's like, slow the fuck down. What's going on? What's wrong with you? Right. So then they're about to leave. He's like, I told you to get the map and go. You know? Wait, wait, wait. That you you skipped some. Oh no, no, no. I'm 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 still going there. Because okay, okay. they argued about that in there in too. There. Okay, cool. So they're getting ready to leave. Uh-huh. And if he would have just left well enough alone, I think it'd have been okay. But he had to open the safe and pull out the fucking three fifty seven. No, he's underneath so he, the so, underneath so the he thing. Shoots, right, right, right. He shoots him. Yeah. So he jumps out and he's like, ah, and he shoots at him. This is a total replay from Pulp Fiction. Uh huh. The guy unloads on him and doesn't hit anything, and then they do that whole double gun thing, and uh, they're running. And well, okay, so I, I fucked up. That happens later. He jumps up and he shoots Richie in the, in the hand. hand. He shoots him in the puts hand. Puts a big hole in his hand. Uh-huh. George Clooney ducks behind the 
the toilet paper thing. Uh-huh. This is so freaking cool. He's like, Richie, when I tell you, shoot out the liquor bottles from behind him. And now Tarantino's excited. Oh, yeah. Right. And t- this is so cool. George Clooney just kicks the kicks. cabinet and he catches the fucking lighter fluid and he lights the toilet paper. And then Richie. Wait, wait, you know, that's a hot commodity right now. I know. <laughs> I, I was like. You get it? I hot know. Yeah. Commodity. <laughs> We're killing it today. Uh, dude, look, man. So then. Wiping our ass with it. <laughs> <laughs> So he kicks it, lights it on fire. <laughs> I'm speechless. I'm speechless right now. Shit. So he shoots out the liquor bottles, and George Clooney throws the fucking toilet paper on fire, and it just goes up, and you can hear him screaming, ah, and the girls take off. And then they're trying to leave still. Up jumps Pete Bottoms mm-hmm. on fire. On fire. Shooting at him. Unloading. Now they do the whole, ca, 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 ca. Right. He, this is the best part. Because he falls into a display of popcorn, and the popcorn stuff starts popping. <laughs> so now they're leaving the store. Are that's, you not entertained? Right. And that's the part that we played in the beginning of the show, where he's like, low profile. Do you know the meaning of the word low profile? It is not taking hostages. It's not blowing up buildings. Blah, blah, blah. And then, so here's the I cool told you, thing. go inside. Get the map. That right? is it. Yeah. So they had to blow that building up. They did that all in one take. Damn. So they had to nail it. And George Clooney and Quentin Tarantino had to act like shit wasn't blowing up behind them, which I thought was pretty cool. I Hell saw, yeah. I actually saw a video of it with them with the cameras and everything out there blowing it up while they were walking to the thing. Damn. That was pretty cool, I thought. So then uh, they get in, and he's like, how's your hand, Richie? Hurts like hell. Thanks for asking, you know. He's like, <laughs> and total brother dynamic going on here, which I thought was cool. Right. They did this really well through the whole movie. Right. And then he's like, bitch, bitch, bitch. Well, then, so then the um, car scene, they take off and you go into the uh, Pulp Fiction like credits because right. this is very Pulp Fiction credits with the big from dusk till dawn and then the scrolling who's in the movie going out, mm-hmm. which I always thought was a really cool way to do the credits. I always liked it. It's very Tarantino. Um, and then they do the whole thing and introducing Ernest Liu as Scott. Yeah, because I'm like, oh, who's this guy? Who's this guy going to be? And then you find out he's really nothing. Nothing. So they're driving down the highway, and they're still kind of rolling credits and playing the intro music. George Clooney pops open some kind of bottle of pills and pops a bunch of pills in his mouth, washes it down with whiskey. I think they're trying to set up here how badass the gecko. Yeah, they're just badass dudes. Richie's wrapping his hand with duct tape. His and shot hand. He's look. He look, first. He looks through the hand. He looks through the hole in his hand at George Clooney. Then he wraps it with duct tape. George Clooney passes him the whiskey. He takes a swig of it, spits, spits it on it. his hand to kind of de- disinfect it, I guess. And then they keep speeding down the road. So then, um, they show the trunk of the car, right? And they do like a little. Here's what's inside the trunk of the car, and it's poor Gloria, and they're all tied up and scared. Mm-hmm. You don't know that's her name yet. So then after the credits run, it goes right to George Clooney at the hotel, at the motel. Bing. The little bing, 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 bam, 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 bam. And then the old guy comes out. What the hell do you want? He's like, what the fuck do you think I want? Oh, you mean old bastard. You I want a fucking bastard. room. <laughs> so let me say this. I was waiting for this. The old man, his name is Mark Lawrence. Gotcha. I looked him up on IMDb. 
Uh-huh. He's got like 250 movies under his belt. Is he just like the crotchety old man? No. Oh, okay. All the way back to like the 40s. He's like Shit. an old school old school movie actor. Um I don't he, they said he did a lot of like dark underground type movies. Apparently he was in End of Days. I don't remember. He was in a couple of Bond movies. Wow. Yeah, like he's got a really impressive um 221 movie credits. Shit. Um he was in an episode of Deep Space Nine. He was on ER. He was in Four Rooms, <clears throat> which was another Tarantino script, which was really good. Um, he was in Star Trek The Next Generation. He was on the A-Team. He was in a bunch of old movies. Just, yeah, just kind of a character actor, one of those dudes that made his living off being in... The scene. Yeah, all the way back to, <laughs> let's see, his first movie goes all the way, oh my God, I'm going into the 30s 30 here. 30s, shit. 1932, if I had a million, that was his first movie. So, yeah, um, old school actor, 231 movies to his credit. It's a bit part of this. I'm sure that's why Tarantino grabbed him. Shit. Like, what do you want? You know, I want a room, you mean old bastard. So, they have a, he gets back in the car, and this is funny. Um, Tarantino's like, do they have cable? No. No. They got the X-rated channel? No. They got a waterbed? No. They got four walls and a roof. That's all we need. So then they pull up to their room and they do the whole Tarantino trunk shot. Wait, he says, look, he's like, let's do this quick. That's right. He's like, let's make sure nobody sees it. Let's do this quick. Boom. So then they do the whole Tarantino trunk shot, which is the camera inside the trunk looking up at the guys that pop it. They did it in Pulp Fiction and Reservoir right. Dogs. I think they did it in Jackie Brown too, but I don't remember. Um, and Maybe. of course in this movie. So then um, they take her in. They they pull the, the, the hostage out and they take her into the hotel room. She's sitting there. And um, Richie. She looks like a typical fucking, you know, yeah, bank, bank teller. teller. Like that, like here, here's, you would think she looks exactly, exactly like that. Here's something important in this movie that mm-hmm. it took me a while to catch, but mm-hmm. I watched it so many times. I've, I've brought this into my head. Every time he looks at her, they play this really deep foreboding, like, uh, like a real bassy, like it almost terrifies you. Uh-huh. And um, it's like a, every time he looks at her, so then that happens the first time, and then um, they're talking about um, talking to Carlos um, about Rendezvous. what's going to happen, and he's like, okay, so was that before or after? Oh, I should have made better notes. Was that before or after? Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. It was before this. So they're, uh, he's like, I got to go meet, we got to meet Carlos at the rendezvous and da, da, da. And he's like, can you work out a better deal than 30%? Right. And he's like, no, it's the law. If you're going to stay in El Rey, they get 30% of your loot. So it'd be written. So let it be done. He said you it know? was, because uh, he says it's, this is a standard, you know. Yeah, it's a standard deal. He goes, standard deal. He goes, well, can't you just, he goes, no, these are not spick firecracker salesmen. They don't even know the meaning of from, the word from barter. Tijuana. From yeah. <laughs> so and then that's when he's like, "Well, I just thought this conversation's over." This conversation's over. So then he goes over to Gloria because oh. when they first got in there, she's like, "What's going to happen?" Because I, I said, "He goes, plant yourself on the couch." And she's like, "What's going to happen?" Talk. He goes, "I said, plant yourself. Plants don't talk." So then he goes over <laughs> to Gloria, and he was like, "I'm going to ask you a question, and I just need a yes or no answer." Do you listen to the 700 Tapes podcast? 
Or wait, that's not what he said. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> he said, do you want to live? And she's like, yeah, I guess so. So then he, he gives her the three rules, which are? The three rules. So rule number one, let's hear it. Rule number one, you don't ask any questions. Don't ask any questions. Rule number two, if you ask any questions, wait, 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 Mr. Wait, wait, 44 wait. answers. Wait, wait. So you got to go to rule number one. You have to tell what happens. Consequence. For oh, that's one. right. Oh, that's right. Gotcha. Don't ask any questions. If you ask a question, Mr. 44 answers. Rule number two was... Um, no, you said you don't speak oh, that's and right. don't ask questions. That's right. It was, it was something, something like you that. You ask questions, and then he was like, rule number two, if you ask any questions, see rule number one. Right. And, and then he was like, rule number three, and he puts the gun to his, don't you ever try to fucking run. Cause I if have you, six yeah. friends that can and run can, faster. And they can all run faster than you can. <laughs> that was one of the... One of the, the answers in the game. So then this is important too because he says, I give you my word. I give you my word. If you yes. don't fuck with us and you just shut your mouth, you're going to live through this. I promise. Like he gives her his word. Yep. This is important later. So then he's like, I'm going to go take a look around and I'll be back. So he leaves. As soon as he leaves, Tarantino's like, Hey, you want to come over and sit on the bed with me and watch TV? And she's like, yeah, okay. So then, like, he tells her to take her shoes off and she's oh, on the wait, bed. Oh, wait, wait, wait. We missed the rule. What? He said, you listen to everything we fucking say. Uh-huh. He, said, he said, everything we fucking say, you do. Right. If you don't, we kill you. Yeah, see rule number one. Yes, right. that's yep, what yep, it that's was. That's what it was. Okay, good. <laughs> so then, I thought it was funny that on TV, um, he was watching The Three Little Pigs, uh-huh. and then he switched the channel, and it was Spartacus. I just I like noticing little shit like that in the mm-hmm. Tarantino movies, because every single thing is put in for a reason. Gotcha. Like, there's a part in Pulp Fiction where where they shot Marvin in the face, and they had to take their, their suits off, and they were wearing normal clothes. Uh-huh. Um, those, the, the, the logos and stuff on the clothes were written into the script. They had those shirts specifically made to match the script. Wow. Like every little thing in a Tarantino movie was put there on purpose. So meticulous, meticulously done. Yes. Wow. So um, so she sits on the TV. They're watching Spartacus. She sits on the TV. Right. Damn. Oh, she sits on the bed, <laughs> and they're watching TV. And then they cut to Emma and Pete's Gravy Train, which is a restaurant where Harvey Keitel... Jacob and his family are having lunch or whatever. Right. So, um, they stop. They're sitting there and they're like, he's like, I want to stop somewhere and get a hotel. And they're like, why? We can just sleep in the RV. We're self contained. Self contained. You can tell, like, they're repeating something he kept telling them. Yep. You know? So then he's like, no, it's not like a real bed. Harvey, okay. Something about a real bed. I want to talk about Harvey Keitel's lines in this movie. Uh That man is a brilliant actor because he is Jacob in this movie. Oh, yes, for sure. Every line. You've got him in Reservoir Dogs going, you get some bank to thinks he's Charles Bronson, cut off his pinky. He ain't going to fuck with you no more. Then you get to Jacob who's like, oh, the beds in the motorhome are all right, but they're not like a real bed. And... He makes I, you believe that too, because you, he's you almost he's almost a, annoying because he cannot give you a yes or no answer to this whole. Every time they answer and ask him something, well, 
I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. You want to like, know who he reminds just me of? Just no, motherfucker. Huh. Hank Hill. He is kind of very Hank Hillish. Like that, I'll like, tell you what. Uh, look, I tell you what, Bobby. Damn it, Bobby. Damn it, Bobby. Stay away from those vampires. I told you, <laughs> Peggy. You anyway, so we find out. Um, Scott's like, I'm going to go to the bathroom, and then Kate kind of gives you the rundown on what the situation here is. The mom has died. You don't know how yet, but the mom, Harvey Keitel's wife, has died, and she's like. Oh, so-and-so from the church called and said, he's not going to accept your resignation. They'll hold it on. He's like, oh, that's nice. They'll hold it off until you get back. They won't replace you until you get back. Well, it's just that all our lives you've been a pastor. Don't you believe in God anymore? And he's like, do I believe in God and Jesus? Yes. He goes, do I love them? No. No. And then she's like, so all our lives you've been a pastor, and now you're just going to say, fuck him? I love Juliette Lewis in this movie, the the accent and everything. Right. And she plays so perfectly. You could tell this was a little girl that grew up in a youth group and in church all her life and just kind of, I don't get it. She was still trying to deal with the death of her mom at the same time. Right. And then he's like, I didn't say fuck him. And I love this line. This line was kind of life-changing for me in a a point in my life. Mm Mm-hmm. He said, every man that follows a spiritual path, whether it be a Catholic priest or a Buddhist monk or a preacher or whatever, at some point gets up in the morning and looks at themselves in the mirror and says, am I a fool? Right. You know? And a little background on me. I'm I'm glad you're going into this because I definitely, (laughs) I've seen the parallel. Yeah. For sure. I was a Christian minister for eight years Mm. at one point in my life. Roman and I have kind of talked about this. And... Pretty much that's what happened. Right. I woke up one morning and I went, this is bullshit. It's not that I don't believe in God. I just had this belief that God is so much bigger than we give him credit for. He is not contained by a religion. Right. Or a church or a building. Right. And the message that Jesus brought has been so diluted and and messed with. Yep. and And... Um, messed up it's been it's 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 been like you said watered down and, and not to, not to get preachy or anything but nope. my whole thing was if you if you want to be christian and you want to be a good person and be a christian or whatever there's only two things you got to remember that jesus said in the bible you can throw the rest of the bible away right he said do unto others as you would have them do unto you and love your neighbor as yourself yep you do those two things the rest of the bible doesn't matter and then you know even the, if the you canons wanna... the yeah. the fucking um the the belief systems the you know the churches can't even believe among themselves how you get to heaven right some people say you can lose your salvation you can't lose your salvation you got to tithe you don't have to tithe you got to be baptized you got you don't have to be baptized they can't agree on it and re- regardless of you know what religious base you have if you have a religious base or not um, the the thing that transcends it all is do unto others as you would want to be done it's the golden right. rule right absolutely it, it, you know the golden rule you know again doesn't matter where you're at in life. If you believe in something or you don't, you want this person to treat you how you just treated them. Yes. And if you don't want them to treat you like that, you shouldn't treat them like that. If you don't want to get treated like shit, don't <laughs> treat people like shit. That's pretty much it. Yeah. But seriously. yeah, that, that rang true with me. And that was one of my turning points in my religious life, if you want to say so, is I, I'd been there. And I really, um, I really related with that. So yeah, that was the whole thing. Nice. Um, anyway, uh, I guess we spent maybe too much time on that, but we can visit that in some other episode. Maybe when we do Stigmata, yeah, look, we can do that whole story because Stigmata is really the movie that changed my 
religious career. Crazy things. I've never seen it. Oh, it's such a good movie. I've never seen it. But anyway, so back to you from Dust Till Dawn, I guess. Yeah, he's like, everyone looks and says, am I a fool? So then um, they cut back to uh, the news report that there was. That, uh, John Travolta's wife. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Quentin Tarantino's watching the news, and yeah, it's John Travolta's wife, and she's like. Uh, this is where you get the little backstory. Yeah. On- who they are. Uh, Seth Gecko, who was convicted of a 1990, uh, 1988 Scott City bank robbery, blah, 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 was broken out of prison by his brother, Richie. This is where you find out Richie Gecko's a sex offender. Yep. Oh, boy, that makes a lot of sense now. Yes. So, um, they're like, including the death today of Earl, Texas Ranger Earl McGraw and Pete Bottoms. And I love this part because they show the the only picture they had of him was fishing. Right. And he had a big old fish and he was all happy on a boat. With with a beer, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. Total like hillbilly shit. It was hilarious. (laughs) So then they do this whole thing where she's like, that brings the death. And she's all happy. That brings the death toll to 16. Five rangers, eight police officers, and three civilians. And you can tell, like, they were kind of, you know, glamorizing that because... It was totally like a play on the media because yeah. they were doing a running tally because it it did say 13, uh-huh. and then they upped the tolls on everything. And I don't even want to draw the parallels because I'll get pissed off and talk about this for an hour, but I blame the American media, all of them. I don't give a crap what side it's on, the entire media here, for the whole people being out of toilet paper and water and shit doing this corona stuff it it's been a hundred i'm not saying it's not a big deal but it's been made a whole lot hell of a lot worse yes definitely by all the fear-mongering happening on just shut off your goddamn tv right and because of the propaganda and listen to some podcasting that's the best way to go hell yeah just close your eyes don't and listen open your to ears, the, baby yeah politicians and news media they're all full of shit anyway we don't politics so we're gonna no, go on we do not so anyway um, I always thought it was weird that they mentioned Heidi Vogel. They got run over and they show a picture of her. Right. I meant to Google that to find out who that is or if there was somebody somebody like a, knew. Like or, an Easter egg or something. Yeah, but I, I never I never got around to it. Anyway, so Gloria Hill is the hostage. We find that out. And she told him late, earlier in the movie, like, my name's Gloria. So right. Then John Saxon comes out. He's the FBI guy, the dad from Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, we're going to apprehend him within the next 48 hours. And she's like... Do you think you're you're gonna like work harder on this pretty much because the loss of law enforcement life like you're gonna pretty much they're fucked when you find them and he's like yeah it's a pretty safe assumption you know and then they do this close up on his face which was really creepy so then um Clooney comes back yeah Seth comes back to the motel he gets out what does he have with him burgers what kind of burgers were they from are they Burger King or McDonald's? What kind of burgers? I didn't cheeseburgers. I, cheeseburgers, the cornerstone <laughs> of any nutritious <laughs> breakfast. No, I mean, did you get them from McDonald's, Burger King? Oh, they're uh, Big Kahuna burgers. Big Kahuna. Big Kahuna burger. That's that Hawaiian burger joint. Yeah, he had a bag of Big Kahuna burgers, I, and I didn't even freaking amazing, absolutely goddamn awesome. I love it. I love that you know the tie-in. Yeah. Pulp Fiction esque big Kahuna burger, and he had a, and a six pack of beer. So he comes in, and he's like, "Oh wait, he, it, it was uh, uh, they." It goes back to Harvey Keitel and the kids. Not yet. Okay, not yet. Almost, because there's a good 
comparison to be made here in a second. Gotcha. But he goes in and he goes, what's going on? And Quentin Tarantino goes, they're going to apprehend us probably within the next 48 hours because <laughs> he had been watching the news report. Right. And then um, he's talking, well, we're going to get out of here. We're going to get into Mexico tonight. Tomorrow morning we'll meet Carlos. Everything will be fine. He's pulling burgers out of the bag. Right. And then he hands Quentin Tarantino a burger. He's got a burger. He's got an extra burger. And he kind of double takes that. And he's like. Look, remember, he, he looks at him. And he looks at his left hand. He looks yeah, at his right yeah. hand. And he was going to put it in the hand that was shot. Right. And then he slaps it in the other yeah, hand. That was funny. <laughs> but then he looks at the extra burger and he's like, where's the woman? Right. And he and Tarantino's like, who? He's like, the woman, Regina, the fucking hostage. He's right. Like, oh, real nonchalant. Oh, she's in there. Right. She's in there. What's she doing in there? And then he opens the door and they do this shot from the door at Clooney and Tarantino. And, and Seth's got this look on his face, mm-hmm. like totally fucking unbelievable. Like he is in shock. And then real quiet. And here's the editing on this. Then they this is a mind fuck. Uh-huh. I don't know if you noticed this when you watch the movie. They're doing really like half second clips. Yeah, the flashes of her dead body. Uh huh. Like her slaughtered body on the bed. You don't really ever get a clear shot at it. Uh huh. But through the whole scene while Clooney's talking, they're flashing it. Right. I've actually gone through on the DVD and tried pausing it to catch it, and uh-huh. it's just a shot of the body on the bed, but it still it fucks with your head a little you bit. Know, so you know you know why they do that, right? Because it's subliminal. So, yeah, it puts the image in your head. Even it, though you it barely made that, saw it, you see it. It made that whole scene creepier, uh-huh. and they're playing that... Bro, that that, that, that um, Richie was seeing every time he looked at her, because there was one other time that he looked at her before Clooney left that they did that... So this is important later on, and I'll explain why. So he's like, Seth's real quiet, and he's like, what is wrong with you? Did I do this? Is this what you think I am? And then he's like, no. She, And then he tries the thing he did at the, at gas, the station. gas station. She turned into an entirely different person after you left. Yep. And he's like, she wouldn't have said shit if she had a mouth full of it. Uh-huh. And then he slams him into the wall. And he's like, this is not how we do things. This is not what I am. I'm a professional fucking thief. I am not a rapist. You know, and then he's pretty he's much. Like, I'm not. He, what he says is, I'm not a killer. He's like, the only, the only way I kill is if I have to. Yeah. And he's slamming him into the wall. And he's like, I need you to say I understand. Do you understand? And he's like, I understand. And then. This is important because this is more brother shit right here. Say brother After he beats sure. the shit out of him, he's hugging him. Right. And he's like, it's okay. We're going to New Mexico. It's going to be cold beer and beans and senoritas and none of this shit's going to matter. Right. And he's just, he's holding him. And you could tell like Richie like melts into him while right. he's hugging. You dude, it was total older brother, little brother shit. Because mm-hmm. Seth's the older brother. Richie's the younger brother. It's the, it's, you know, reprimanding and then at the same time consoling. Yes. And you can tell he's dealt with this shit with Quentin Tarantino before, with yep. Richie before. Yep. So. Um, so it, yeah. It almost it almost makes you think that it was you know some kind of guilt. Right. You know because the way that he says, "Is this my fault?" You know, is this you know the, well, the way that he kind of goes thing, into that. Because I've watched this movie enough, and I thought about the backstory enough. Uh-huh. Most people, most sex offenders. Mm-hmm. have been victims of sexual abuse themselves. Right. And I'm wondering, because people deal with that shit different ways. Right. I'm wondering if the Gecko brothers mm-hmm. were both sexual abuse victims. Mm-hmm. Richie's turned him into a sexual predator. Mm-hmm. Seth's turned him into a criminal. So so my thought is... You know what I mean? When it comes... Again, and I was thinking about this... We're really diving well. deep into this one. Yeah, because, because it makes sense. I like, you know, when it comes down to... Um, 
psychology. I like, you know, right. going through a person's mind. So I think that's why they, they, they glorified the whole death count thing because yes. we're so, you know, the American People society, thrive on negativity and that shit, yeah. That, and we're so caught up on knowing why this person did that. You know, that's how you have What's well, like the Manson corona thing? Like 119,000 people have recovered from it, but they're not talking about that on the news. They're not. talking about the death toll. Of course. Because that's what people are interested in. That, and it but keeps you there. But in, it, in regards to... There's the, no ratings in good news. Right. You know what I mean? And in, in regards to them, um, my thought is, again, the, the way he says, is this my fault? Um, maybe he does, you know, maybe prior to him, because, he, again, he alluded to, I'm a professional right. thief. Yeah. Maybe, you know, he gets popped at an early age yep. and he's the one that's taking care. Because, again, the consoling part, the, the reprimanding, the reprimanding part, and then the consoling part. So then say he gets popped when he's younger. Yeah. Now the one person that was looking out for him is now not, not looking there. out. So it's guilt. Right. That he's, you know, he's speaking in as much as it's like, are you fucking kidding me? Right. You know, I, I wasn't there in this moment. And now you've turned into this monster that I have to keep corralling. Yes. That's. What I got from if that If I had little... been around more, maybe right. this wouldn't happen to you. Right. That's your water, by the way. For sure. Just letting you know. Um, so then that was we... way deeper than you know. Need well, to be, this is I, the I, well. I here's like the that. thing. This is the cool thing about this movie. You can watch it on the surface as just a shoot 'em up gangster horror vampire movie. Right. But there's so much little things that they drop in there, like that scene. That are so deep in character development. The scene with Harvey Keitel talking about losing his face yeah, and all that other shit that comes together at the end of the movie that makes a difference. Han Solo shoots first. Right. Oh, my God. <laughs> Han, did, Han did shoot first. I'm in agreement with that. Anyway. Look, that is definitely you know, character building. Right. But it really delves into who these people are and why they react to things the way they do. And that's important. Once they get to the titty twister, and we'll Definitely. talk about that when we get there. So here's the cool thing: we're talking about family, right? Now we cut to the um, Harvey Keitel and his family, right? And they're driving in. She basically has the same conversation with her dad that Richie had with Seth about the hotel, right? Does it have cable? No. Does it have the X-ray channel? No. Does it have a waterbed? No. It's got four walls and a roof. That's all we need. So they're driving in. All you care about, and is she the goes, bed. yeah, and she goes. Why are we stopping here? This place is totally cruddy. I love the word that she used, cruddy. Yeah, and she goes, well, if it doesn't have the pool, if it doesn't have a pool, we're going somewhere else. And he goes, it's got a bed. That's all I care about. And she goes, well, other places have beds, and they also have a gym, and a, and they come screeching to a halt because Seth Gecko is standing in front of the RV now. He walked right out in front of him. Right. He's drinking a beer. He looks like he's really buzzed. And you can see it in his head. I'm he looks at the RV. Shit. You see the light bulb go off in his yep. head, and he walks away. So, next scene, Harvey Keitel's laid out on the bed. Oh, he's conked out. Uh, Kate's at the pool. Right. Scott is in the corner playing a guitar. With headphones. Here's, here's a little interesting piece of trivia. Mm -hmm. Robert Rodriguez's guitar. Nice. And his headphones. Nice. That was his setup. On set, he had his guitar hooked up like that with headphones, and he would play his guitar while he was in between scenes, and it helped him think, and nice. he was also developing music for movies and shit. Oh, nice. Which, yeah, it's crazy. So that was Robert Rodriguez's gear and shit right there. That's badass. So there's a knock on the door, and um, he answers the door, and it's Richie, and he, he looks over at Scott, and he's like, I hope I'm not disturbing you, because he didn't <laughs> bother to. Dude, and I swear to God, it's that way. 
I can oh, be yeah. in this house that we are sitting in right now. Right. The doorbell will ring. Not one kid will get up to answer that door, which is okay, I guess, because I what if there's a, a stranger or stranger dangers? I don't know. But grandma's what's, what's at the, the door. What's the youngest kid here? Uh, 12. Yeah, no, yeah. no, nine, nine. You can answer the door. I know. Yeah. But Especially because the there's someone, there's someone probably twenty feet from the, the door. Be- oh, there is <laughs> Dominic sitting right next to the, the doorbell. Will ring. Nobody moves. Right. I got to go all the way downstairs to answer the door. So I totally related with this, and also because he'll have headphones on right. on his computer, so he didn't hear the doorbell. Right. So anyway, so he's like, I hope this isn't disturbing you, and it's uh, Richie, and I love the story. Hi. I'm in room 11. Me and my lady and friend. And me and my lady friend, uh, we realize we don't have an ice bucket. You think we could borrow yours? And he's like, yeah, yeah, sure. And I love this. This is so movie noir right here. He leans up against the doorpost and just pulls the gun out at hip hip height. Mm-hmm. That is so 1950s gangster movie shit right there. Mm-hmm. And he turns around and he goes, what's this? And George Clooney comes in the room and nails him. He goes, it's called, it's a, called punch. a punch. <laughs> so then uh he's telling oh this is hilarious because um he's gonna he's gonna take him hostage but um he tells and this is tarantino writing right here he tells richie grab the jab move him over to the bed <laughs> <laughs> and he sits him down and harvey Cattell puts his arm around scott and george Clooney goes so what's the story here you guys a couple fags <laughs> he goes, no i'm his father and he goes How's that happen? You don't look Japanese. He goes, Neither, Neither does he. he. He looks Chinese. Chinese. That was totally a Hank Hill voice, too. Yeah. Neither does he. He looks Chinese. And George Clooney gets Propane. this exasperated expression Propane. on his face, and he goes, oh, well, excuse me all to hell. That was the other Clooney line I used all through my kids' show. Oh, excuse me all to hell. <laughs> when they'd make a smart-ass comment at me or something. Uh, Dad, this isn't Christina Aguilera. It's Britney Spears. Well, oh, well, excuse me all to hell. Anyway. She's no Cindy Lauper. Damn straight. Nobody's Cindy Lauper. <laughs> That's my girl. So anyway, uh, right in the middle of all this, uh, Kate comes back in, and she's got just a bikini and a towel on. And they all they draw their guns on her because they don't know who it is. And she goes, "What's going on here?" And Richie's like, "A bikini contest, and you just, just won. won." And then he looks at her, and you hear that same. Mm-hmm. So that's almost like his predator mind is going. And then he has this whole illusionary thing that you you get to see for the first time. You're now. seeing it through Seth's. I mean, through Richie's eyes. Uh-huh. Juliet Lewis looks over, and she goes. Richie, will you do me a favor and eat my pussy for me? And then it cuts back and to her, like what she really is, and she's all scared. Mm-hmm. And then Richie's like fumbling over himself, like yeah. And then George Clooney grabs her and he's like, "You got three minutes." So to what change. happens? So in that in that in that scene, he's like, "Where are the keys to the oh the, the motor RV? Home, the yeah. RV? Yep." So he's like, "Where are the keys to the motorhome?" He's like, "They're right over there." He's like, "Seth, take the keys." And that's when he's still kind of in that. Oh, hazy. Richie! He told Richie to get the keys. Yeah, yeah, that's he's, right. He's, he's still in that hazy part. That's the thing. He did it. I think he sent him to get the RV because he saw the right. way he was looking at her. Because he mentions it later when they're in the RV with with Jacob. Uh-huh. So he grabs her, ushers her over to the bathroom, and he's like, "You Go got three minutes to get dressed. One second more, and I shoot your father in the face. Do you understand?" She's like, "Uh huh." And she goes in the bathroom. So then he's like, "And that again, that's still him corralling the beast, right?" 
Right, absolutely. Again, that like going back to just character building. Yep. Is this my fault? Right. This isn't going to be my fault. You know. The other thing about Gloria, the hostage, was it fucked with with Seth's head because he gave her his, his word, word yep. that she would make it out of this alive if she didn't try to get away. Right. And Richie made him a liar. Right. So because he makes the same promise to Harvey Keitel. Uh huh. So um. I also want to point out that Scott is wearing a Precinct 13 shirt. Okay. Which is an homage to John Carpenter's Assault on Precinct 13. Oh, nice. I thought that was cool. Like I said, every little detail in a Tarantino movie is there for a fucking reason. Gotcha. Even though this was directed by Robert Rodriguez, right. the screenplay was written, written by Tarantino. Mm-hmm. And Robert Rodriguez is as big a movie nut as Tarantino is. Right. So they that's why they get along so well. So... um. He tells he pretty much tells Jacob because Jacob goes, "Is this about money?" He goes, "Yeah, it's about money, but not yours." My brother and I got a little bit of a situation, and we need your RV. And then he's like, "You're all going with us." And then he goes, "No, my kids aren't going anywhere with you. If you need take to take me. somebody, take me." He goes, "No, I need you all." Mm-hmm. And he goes, he walks over to the door and he's about to open it to tell him to leave, and he's like, "My kids aren't going with you," and that's that. And, to, and uh, Seth puts the gun up to Scott's head, and he's like, that is not fucking that. This is fucking this, which is also something I've used on my kids. kids. Of course. And uh, he was like, <laughs> you're either going to do this or I'm going to kill your kid. And then he agrees to it. He goes, hey, your old man's all right. He just saved your life. And then Kate comes out of the bathroom, and he ushers them out into the motorhome. And he, that's when he's like, all right, ramblers, let's get rambling. So you can tell the, again when you know when he sees the 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 motorhome, uh huh. You can tell the light bulb goes yep, off. Yep. Because he knows that getting across the border with the family is going to be a lot easier than them lot, trying to figure out a way to get across. A lot easier. It, it, it is you know inconspicuous almost. Right. Because of it's a, a we're on vacation. Yep. So it, it, it made perfect sense in the world to have a full family. Yes. Instead of, you know, three dirty guys <laughs> yeah. in a motorhome. So then they get We're to. We're self contained. Uh, right. <laughs> so then he's got Richie back there watching the kids, and he's sitting up front with Jacob. Mm-hmm. And a lot of important stuff happens here. Yeah. We go back to Tarantino. Mm, yep. The ominous. And then now they're playing music, though, and he starts off at Kate's toes. And he works his way slowly up her body, and it's so uncomfortable because yes. in the movie Ugh. she's supposed to be. She was twenty. She turned twenty-one on the set of this movie. Okay, there is a uh, a making of movie that goes along with this that I used to have on DVD called nice. Full Tilt Boogie. Uh-huh. It's a two-hour making of. It's a whole movie in and of itself that goes in detail through the making of this movie. Juliet turned twenty-one on the set of this movie. And they all got her drunk. They threw a big birthday party for her and gave her her first shots. It probably wasn't her first, but they got her all drunk. Anyway, um, but it's really uncomfortable because she's supposed to be, I'm assuming, probably 16 or 17. Maybe. In this movie, she's supposed to be a teenager. Right. And he's like looking her up and down real slow. And then he's like, hey, uh, did you mean what you said said (laughs) Back, back in the hotel room? And she's like, what did I say? And he's like. You know that that thing you said. She's like, no, and he's like, you asked me if I. And then Seth cuts him off. Richie, put in your bit, and he has to put his uh, what are they called retainers in. He's like, I grind my teeth. He goes, well, we'll talk later. 
because then because <laughs> Seth's like, I told you to watch those kids, not talk to them. Right. You know. So then it cuts to to uh, Again, him Seth handling and, and still Jacob. Handling him. Yep. Up front with Jacob and they're driving and he's flipping through his driver's license mm-hmm. at his wallet and he's looking at all those pictures and everything. And he's like, oh, it says here you're a, a minister. He goes, is that the real deal? He goes, my friend had himself declared a minister to fuck the state over in taxes or whatever. And he's like, no, I'm the real deal. He's like, oh, you got a wife. Where's she at? And he's like, heaven. <laughs> he's like. Oh, there was there was another. So bringing that up, she says, well, uh, what would mom say? Oh, At and the he table, goes, oh, like, he goes, mom wouldn't say anything. Mom wouldn't say anything. She's dead. She's dead. I was like, damn. Yeah, right? <laughs> you can tell he's kind of hardened a little bit. Oh, His heart's hardened sure. a little bit over all this. For sure. So then, you know, he uh, asked him what happened. You got to think goes, a man of faith losing his right, faith. Right. Come on now. And he goes, uh, "The it was a rainy night. The brakes weren't great. She got in a car crash. He goes, did she die instantly or did it take a while? He goes, no, she was trapped in the wreckage for like six hours or something like that. And this is one of my favorite lines in the whole movie. George Clooney goes, yeah. Those act of God, those acts of God, really got a way of sticking it in and breaking it off, don't they? I have used that quote in my life so many times. Pre pre minister, post minister, post post minister, of course. <laughs> no, uh, no, you just never know, right? So and uh, so yeah, so he says that, and and Jacob agrees with him. He says, "Yeah, they sure do," you know. And he tells right. him about the kids, and he go. This is where Seth tells him. If you guys want to make it out of this, all you got to do is cooperate, and you have my word, and they shake hands on it. And he goes, right. I'm sure you saw the way my my brother's looking at your daughter. He says, I did. And he goes, and you don't like it. He goes, no, I don't. Right. And he goes, if you do what we say, you'll make it out of this, you and your kids, I promise. He gives him his word again. They right. shake hands, and he goes, if he touches her, I'll kill him. And Seth goes, fuck with us. If you fuck with us, I'll kill y'all. So we're even, you know. So then they go, uh, they have that nice little heart to heart. So then they're pulling up to the border. I think in that moment, it's a, it's, it's almost a Mexican standoff, right? Because it's like, look, as long as we're clear about what, what's going to happen, yes, the, the escalation from this point is death, right? That is it. You know, it's either you follow directions. Or you die. Yep. He touches my daughter. You die. Right. You know, you touch us. You die. Right. Everything is all very, very Old Testament-y. Yeah. <laughs> Everything is punishable by death. death. <laughs> so now they've gotten to the border. And this is where we first see Cheech Marin in his first role and his first in this role. movie. <laughs> and um, so George Clooney asks Jacob... Do you know what you're gonna say? He goes, I haven't got any clue. He goes, Well, just get us past us and we'll be all right, you know. So right. he takes Kate into the bathroom with him and Richie as kind of insurance. Like if you try to snitch on us, we're gonna kill your daughter, type right. of thing. So um he pulls up and Cheech Mirren comes up and he goes, What's your business in Mexico? Or he goes, How many people? And he goes, Oh, it's just me and my son. He goes, uh, what's your business in Mexico? And he goes, uh, I'm bringing him here to see his first bullfight. He's like, oh, before that, though, when they're first pulling up, mm-hmm. Scott's trying to talk him into to running. Like, I've seen those cop shows. They're not going to let us live. When you get a shot like this, you got to take it. And this was very Hank Hill mm-hmm. where he's like, 
I'm calling the shots here. Right. No, you're not. He's calling the shots. I'm calling the shots. And it reminded me of that God episode. damn it, Bobby. <laughs> I'm calling the shots. Where um, uh, he was telling uh, uh, the, the neighbor that was Dale? one of the conspiracy theories, Dale, Dale mm-hmm. thought there was a Mr. Big and he was fucking with him on the phone. He's like, Dale, I'm Mr. Big. He's like, no, you're not, Hank. He goes, Dale. I'm Mr. Big. He's, you are Mr. Big, but it's just right. I'm calling the shots. I'm Mr. Big. It's so Hank Hill. It's so funny that you said I'm, that because like, absolutely. I'm, I'm big. You're small. Right. The, the Matilda. He's like, I'm calling the shots. <laughs> so he tells him, I'm taking my son to see his first bullfight. And uh, we cut to Seth and Richie in the bathroom. They're hiding in the shower with Kate. Mm-hmm. And he's like, just be cool. Everything will be fine. He's like, as long as you don't act like a fucking nut, we'll be okay. We'll get through this. And he goes, what do you mean? He goes, I just said, just be calm. He goes, no, you called me. Oh, he goes, as long as you don't do anything crazy and act like a fucking nut. He goes, you tell me I'm acting crazy. What's the craziest thing I did, Seth? Was it when you were rotten in jail and I broke you out? That is pretty crazy. He goes, you called me a fucking nut. Now, where I come from, that stops the train in his tracks. And he fucking elbows him and just knocks him out to shut him up. And it makes a thump. And Cheech Marin looks. He goes, what was that? He goes, oh, it was just my daughter in the bathroom. Right. I thought you said it was just you and your son. He goes, oh, I meant me and my son and my daughter. Right. I love the way he talks in this movie. It's so great. So, um, you can tell he's a Bible thumper, right? Exactly. That's like, exactly. I have known enough preachers. He is exactly is, uh, can't Bible give a yes belt. or no answer. Mm-hmm. He's always explaining shit. So the funny thing about this, if you watch from dusk till dawn on network television, because uh-huh. they got to cut out the swearing, they got to edit it. Right. That whole scene is hilarious because instead of saying fucking nut, they're saying funny nut. Oh. And it's just so funny because he's like, no, you called me a funny nut. I didn't call you a funny nut. Yes, you did. You called me a funny nut. Now, where I come from, that stops the train in his tracks. It's Boom. just hilarious. And then when they get to the titty twister, uh-huh. it says they digitally edited it to say kitty twister. Oh. And then the boobs are all like fuzzy, fuzzed out. Yeah. And then even <laughs> when they go in, it's highly edited inside. And even on someone where they couldn't help but have the boobs, it's all blurred out. It's oh. really funny. It's it's like watching Pulp Fiction on TV. It's just not worth it. They're like, come you know? on. Yeah. Anyway, on. so Cheech Marin's like, I'm coming aboard. And like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. So uh, he goes over to the bathroom. He knocks on the door. And she's like, who is it? Border Patrol. She's like, it's open. And he opens the door. And Juliet Lewis is on the toilet. Like, panties around her knees, everything. And she's like, huh. She goes, do you mind? Close the fucking door, please. Right. And Cheech Marin, he closes the door really slow, and he's, like, looking as much as he, such like a dirt bag, looking as much as he can as he closes the door. Dirty Sancho. Right? <laughs> Dirty Sanchez. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, Google that if oh, you don't yeah. know what it is. Anyway, um, so then he exits the, the car, or he exits the RV. And they drive through, and they, they're across the border. And George, I love it, George Clooney goes comes out and he goes, God damn, that was intense. <laughs> <laughs> and then he sees that they're in Mexico, and he gets all happy, and he's like, he grabs Scott by the head. He's like, we're in Mexico, you little fucking piece of shit. <laughs> and he goes, help me get Richie out onto the, you know, the bed or whatever. So then um, he tells, he tells uh, Jacob, and I've done this a lot too. When he's giving them the directions, he's like, what do we do now? He goes, 
Now you just keep going straight. You were going to drive this big. He goes, you're going to go straight until you see a street called DeGallo. When you get to DeGallo, you're going to turn this big bastard left and go until you find a bar called the Titty Twister. From what I understand, you cannot miss it. So Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> so then it cuts. Then Real he's, condescending. He's driving. Yeah. But I used Dad, to give. You've, you've been a dick your whole life. Oh, I totally have. <laughs> For your kids. I know. <laughs> It's hilarious though. If this has when been they your parenting style, yes. you condescending bastard. <laughs> but I used to do that all the time, and my ex-wife would get so mad because she'd be like, "Are you sure you know where we're going?" And it was always a mistake. Yeah, I got to drive right down this road till we get to a street called Degayo. When we get to Degayo, I'm going to turn this big bastard left. <laughs> She's like, "Oh my god, shut the fuck up." Anyway, look, like, I, funny thing is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So a Tribe Called Quest has a uh, a song called El Segundo. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? Yep. So when I was in El Segundo. That's funny. Guess what I had to put on? Uh, El, El Segundo. Segundo. <laughs> Left my wallet in El Segundo. Well, it's funny because Ice Cube talks about it, too, in, um, in um, Ghetto Bird. Oh, I shit. hit me a ride on El Segundo. Uh, oh, yeah, he Remember? definitely yeah. does. <laughs> hit a fence, hit a fence, then another. Met me a baby pit bull and his mother. Hey, yeah. look, so anyway. it's funny that... <laughs> El Segundo. El Segundo. It's funny. Yeah. So you're going to turn De Gallo. <laughs> De Gallo. It's, it's, it's a cross street with Pico. Pico and De Gallo. Ooh. <laughs> it gets a little spicy over right, there. Right, right. Mm. So anyway, so uh, he goes to the back and he's got Richie laid out on the bed and he's waking him up. He's like, and this is some real brother shit here too, mm-hmm. where he's waking him up. He's like, hey, buddy. We're in Mexico. We're officially Mexicans. And he does this crazy laugh like, <laughs> and it's like, dude, what the fuck? That totally didn't fit your character. But it did because he's talking to his little brother. Right. Like he's a little kid almost. Right. And then Richie wakes up. He's like, oh, cool. He's like, where are my glasses? He's like, oh, you, uh, you said something about your hand hurting and you just passed out and you broke your glasses when you fell. And he's like, shit, Sam, it's like my only pair. He's like, it's all right. We'll get you another pair. He goes, oh, like some Mexican hole in the wall is going to have my prescription. Now Seth has gone from being happy, comforting, right back to Seth Gecko. Right. It's not a big deal until you make it a big deal. Now I'm feeling pretty good. Don't bring me down with your bullshit, which I've also said. Of course. <laughs> the of other thing course. was like when they get there and he goes, we got a real good like. I don't fuck with you. You don't fuck with me attitude going on here. Let's keep it that way. Right. I used to do that all the time, too. And, and uh, if they clean the room, I'd be like, you're all in my cool book right now. Right. <laughs> anyway, so um, he calms Richie down and they're pulling up and Jacob goes, we're here. And he walks up and you get your first shot of the titty twister. Which is legitimately. And I could say the music. It is legitimately something you cannot miss. <laughs> yeah. So we are at about 220 right now. So we are going to stop at that point. Since this is where the movie breaks, we are going to break here. We are going to call this from Dust Till Dawn Part Uno. That's uno. one in Spanish. Right. Um, and then next week, we will cover part two, uh-huh. which will be picking up from when they get to the Titty Twister, because there's way more movie to go here, and we want to be able to not rush through it and cover as much as we possibly can, because a lot of the plot development that's happened with the characters and everything in the beginning of the movie are really going to make sense here and really come together. This is more than a slasher movie. So Definitely. 
We will do our so continuation this is, on this. This is almost called Dawn to Dusk. Right. right? Absolutely. Because, you know, this this is the so I've, what I got from just even the the title of the movie is uh-huh. shit, you know, <laughs> shit goes one way and then she gets real dark. Right. <laughs> before the light again. You're like, it's always darkest shit. before the dawn. Right. Like, holy shit, we just got to make it till dusk. It's you know, always it's darker for the, the dusk daylight. dawn. <laughs> We're burning daylight. Burning daylight. So we are actually, um, so now, yeah, we're at the part where they're just going through the gates. I think that's a, a pretty good stopping point. Yeah. And then let's go ahead and do this. I have a closing here, so... All right, like we said, we're going to break this up into two parts. So, um, until next time, we will continue from Dust Till Dawn. We will do part two. And we are going to bid you farewell. We will do all of our normal closing things, I guess, next time we talk to you. Yeah. So, I'm going to leave you with the smooth stylings of Tito and the Tarantulas. As you recognize this as the music that Salma Hayek danced to in the bar, unless you haven't seen the movie. If you haven't seen the movie, go watch it go before we do the second it. part. Go fucking watch then it. Then we won't give you any spoilers. Go we've already spoiled Yeah, we've already spoiled the first part of the movie. You can watch the second part. I am Jasperito, joined by the man, the myth, the legacy, Roman Alvarado. Check us out on Facebook, on Instagram, on uh, Twitter. Twitter. Um, under the 700 Tapes Podcast, we are on Stitcher, SoundCloud, CastBox, iTunes. We are on uh, Spotify. Right. Coming soon to Pandora as soon as they approve us. Because we're kind of, of a big deal. Kind of a big deal. Right. So we are going to bid you guys farewell. Have a good week, and we will catch you next time. <laughs>